Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man Podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man Podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented number 236. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. I'm inspirational speaker Tony Robbins, and you too can change your life. No, you're not. <laughs> well, who are you, really? No, I'm Todd. Hi. Hi. I'm trying to so, do a Simpsons open every week, just to throw people <laughs> we, for a loop. <laughs> oh, should we go, hi, everybody? Hi. So we got we got cut short last week because of technical difficulties, uh, and and there's some things that I we wanted to cover that we didn't get to last week. We were just talking off air about the story of the Boy Scouts accepting girls. So where do we start with that? Well, I, we I heard I heard an NPR story and they interviewed the uh, president of the Boy Scouts uh-huh. and a representative from the Girl Scouts and. The way it is, it, I had always read this issue or this story as presented was this was forcing the Boy Scouts to do something they didn't want to do. And oh, really? Yay. You know, we're going to have, the, we're like, going to have, they're we're going to have this because boys of public pressure. Yeah. I mean, that was the way it was always presented because it was, all, <clears throat> if you ever heard anyone talk against it, it was, you know, tr- this is traditionally boys. They have the Girl Scouts. And I'm like, well, why would the Girl Scouts yeah. want to join the Boy Scouts, first of all? Let's be honest here. That's what I was wondering. This was the first story that addressed that. And the way it addressed it, kind of, sh- or it, it, the issue that was brought up kind of shocked me, which is the Girl Scouts are pissed that the Boy Scouts are taking girls. They don't want to lose membership to the Boy Scouts. Right. And when I asked the coworker that, that it was a Girl Scout, I said, what did you do in the Girl Scouts? She's like, well, basically sell cookies. <laughs> And I mean, they, 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 when it's cookie time, they show hard for that. And then she said it was mostly like cooking, sewing, almost like home ec crafts, stuff like that. And I said, so you, you didn't go camping. You didn't do any of this. And she said, no. Now, Chris says, do you say your niece, Chris? No, my sister was in Girl Scouts. They went camping like once a month. So I'm, my guess is, it, I didn't even it, do that in Boy Scouts. I didn't go, I rarely went camping. See, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to, th- I'm starting to think that this is, uh, a troop by troop issue then. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyways, anyways, she goes, I would have loved to do all that stuff, but I couldn't join the Boy Scouts. And once I like realized that's what this was, I'm like, well, the fuck the, that's fuck the Girl Scouts. And that's on the Girl Scouts. You cannot offer your, your customers, if you will, a, a service they don't want and get mad when they go get the service they want from someplace else. Right. Why don't they just merge? (laughs) <laughs> That's what I said, but we know, I mean, because it's fine that there's a Girl Scouts, and yes, right, right. yes, 
now that I understand that Girl Scouts want to do and learn the stuff that, that Boy Scouts teaches, I have no problem with that. My problem is when these fucking blue-haired, dyke-spike feminists get in and start talking about, well, you need, to, you need to have diversity and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, then why don't we merge? No, girls need their own safe space. But you yeah, boys. Why don't, why don't you open your clubs to boys then? If it's all about diversity and letting everybody in and co-mingle, well, why aren't the Girl Scouts letting boys in to learn how to sew, cook, and sell cookies? You, you know, know there's, no, like, there's been no like chat about that. I love cookies. Because then we'd be consistent, and we don't do I'd that anymore. A, right? I'd have made a sexy bitch. I'd have I, made I a sexy brownie. In the uh, the pre-show, just before we came on here, before we hit the record button, I was saying that uh, I, I had a couple of blind spots here because I, I haven't really paid too close attention to this. And I, for some reason, for whatever reason, I had it in my head that they were being forced to do this somehow. And yeah, I here. went and did a little little research on this, and there is no court cases that I can find where anybody has ever sued the Boy Scouts right. for membership right. to let girls in who's ever won. They've all lost because the Boy Scouts are a private organization. They are allowed to set their own membership standards, rules, however you want to look at it. And they always have been. The Girl Scouts were pissing and moaning about this, uh, I found an article from, I think it was October or November of last year, long before this whole story came along that they're finally going to let girls in because the Girl Scouts somehow got wind of the fact that the Boy Scouts were getting you know, close to doing this. And it, it's exactly what you said, Rich. I think it, it com- what it comes down to is that the Girl Scouts have become so monolithic and haven't evolved as women, girls have evolved over the generations. This is not a, this, the same type of... The girls these days aren't the same as they were in the 60s or the 50s. They want to do this stuff. They want to be you know, out doing more stuff that guys do. And the Girl Scouts didn't evolve. So it left an opening. This is, ca- this is basic capitalism. The, the, the Boy Scouts had an opening. <laughs> hey, let's let them in. They can go hang out with us, and we can combat and battle our failing dropping, plummeting membership numbers by just poaching girls. It's simple. It's, yeah. not, it's not anything to do with court. It's not anything to do with... It, 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 there's a small element of like the feminist movement here, but I think it's embracing it. I think it's taking, getting on top of that wave on your little corporate or capitalist surfboard and riding it. Hey, well, we can, we can turn this to our advantage. We'll, we'll make it look like we're going to you know, jump on board and let girls in. It's capitalism. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm really, I wish I had done the research on this because my initial reaction, I think like a lot of people in the country when I read that, was that they are being forced to do it just simply because of the environment and all the rhetoric and everything. It's not the case at all. And the people, the reasons I hear for people saying they don't want girls in the Boy Scouts is, oh, you're going to stick a bunch of horny teenagers in the woods together? What's going to happen? Well, Jason's going to come kill them. That's what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> They're going to fuck because you, you yeah. shove them together in a building for four years. Yeah. Uh, for 12 years. Try that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If teenagers want to fuck, they're going to fuck. <laughs> right. All right. They, they made, they made uh, I think in 90, or excuse me, 86, maybe. I think 86, the Army went co-ed with basic training. Uh-huh. As it stands yeah. now, the Marine Corps is still the only segregated boot camp or basic training. And I can tell you from almost all my friends that, that were in the military, were in the Army, they fucked in co-ed boot camp. Oh, I can speak to this from direct experience. Exactly. <laughs> they, we, we were in, I went to boot camp in uh, Orlando back in 1989, and that was a co-ed boot camp. Now, we weren't out of the same barracks together, obviously. They had female companies and male companies, but 
it was funny because you go to mess hall and you're so isolated and away from female, the opposite sex. I mean, it happened with, with, on both uh, ends of the spectrum here. Where <laughs> you would go into uh, uh, the mess hall with the girls, they'd be in their, in their companies, and you'd start making eye contact without even saying anything. And you'd see the same girl because you all eat at the same time. You'd see the same girl the next day, and you'd be just eyeballing each other, doing your little kind of silent flirty thing. And they give you this thing called Liberty, at least in the Navy, where they give you a couple of days out here and there, right? And when they did, man, people were fucking like bunnies. They didn't even know exactly. each other. They had just made eye contact in the mess hall and maybe sent letters back and forth. Somehow had gotten the, their name and address passed to mm-hmm. them so they'd send mail. And then Liberty came along, boy, boom, fucking. Now, like here's crazy. the thing. Those are 18, sometimes in some cases, 17-year-olds yeah. Yeah. who are in the military. We're talking, about, we're talking about in the Boy Scouts, that's from like, what, 13, 14 to 17? I mean, these kids are most likely, if, they're, if they want to fuck, they're going to fuck anyways. So that, to me, is just that knee-jerk, our, our, our knee-jerk uh, Puritan roots raising yeah. its head up. It's like, come on, look, but they're going to fuck, period. The, the 14-year-old that wants to get out there and fuck is not joining the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts. Well, now the girls are there, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Maybe they will, yeah. You, uh, you want to know how our home ec class worked in high school? Hey, this used to be a real sausage party. Every, our, home, our, our, our home ec class wor- worked this way. Tons of guys joined it to the point where it was like 20 guys and five girls. Because they all thought that's where the girls were going to be. Right, right. You know, I mean, yeah. look, this is, it's, we're, three of us have been in bands. Todd understands this dynamic because you were, you were a DJ, you were in the public eye. If you get the women to come out, the men will follow. Yeah, yeah. Period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anywhere you can get one woman, you can get five guys. Exactly. Why do you think they have ladies night at every bar in the country? It's the same thing. Yeah, there's no, there's no guys night unless it's like at the rainbow room. And then it's most likely like a theme, yeah. like Bear Night or something. Yeah. This whole thing, you know, it just dawns on me that I, I, got, I got sucked into this, too, and I'm, I'm not uh, excusing myself from this, but this whole Girls in the Boy Scouts thing has been, you can see the bilateral reactionaryism on both ends of this. The, the conservatives are all pissed off because they're assuming or they want to believe that the Boy Scouts are being forced by the, the overzealous PC culture to let girls in. And on the other side, it's, oh, my God, we, we won a huge victory. We forced the, the Boy Scouts, uh, feminism, woo, me too, me too. All the, I yeah. mean, it, it's such bullshit it's on both ends. It's a progress. Yeah, it's a simple fucking business decision that people are just grabbing onto to hold up their banner and say, we won. It has nothing to do with any of you. Nothing. You didn't force anything to happen. There's no court ruling making the Boy Scouts do a fucking thing. And vice versa, it's for the conservatives, you're not being forced. They were not being forced. They chose to do this. It's business. Declining membership. Let's get the girls. Sweet. Done. That's it. But it really doesn't... It, it does speak to that, though, though doesn't it? The, 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 the culture and the environment we're in now, that it's either black yeah, or white. It's all about winning. Bad. Yeah. And meanwhile... And this is, you know what, this is kind of a perfect example of our society. Yeah. Decisions are made about money, and they keep us divided and fighting over fucking us versus well, them. Right. And they keep making more money off of our division. Well, because yeah. we keep, <laughs> we try to apply these, like, personal terms to organizations, like, thinking that, you know, business is good or bad. Like, uh, because a business decides to go green, quote unquote, you know, they want to advertise themselves as eco-friendly. 
um, that's a money decision more than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. There's nobody at the top going, I don't care what it costs. We are going to be, you know, using less uh, uh, fossil fuels in our business and we are going to be promoting eco-friendly products. No, it's even if it's uh, at a loss for the investment, they expect to make that up on the back end by all the people who just want to buy those eco-friendly products. Want to be associated it's with them. only yeah. ever a business decision. That's exactly right. The perfect example is Subaru. If you look at their advertising campaign, yeah, you know, very they're safe. They're, no, they're just uh, uh, what is it? Uh, love. It's what makes a Subaru, and you've always got these progressive themes right. to it, you know, and environmentalism but, but, and, and all this other stuff. It's not about the the company doesn't give two shits about environmentalism or hippieism. They've chosen to market themselves to that demographic. Yeah, they just want you to buy a fucking car. Simple. This is where I agree yeah. with Jordan Peterson. On, on one of his viewpoints of what's going on in America, and he he's, he calls you know cultural Marxism. Marxism has to, by nature, make corporations the bad guy. You always have to. Yeah. They have to be yeah. the bad guy. Now, because we have a bunch of hypocrites in this country who were like, I'm a socialist. Well, it's easy to be a socialist when you make $20 million a movie. It's real easy to yeah. talk about how everybody should fucking share everything. When you have armed fucking security guards and live in a gated fucking, not community, compound. So what's the new way to demonize corporations and all businesses? Well, they only make their decision. You know, they're racist. They're racist. No, you're far off the mark. I don't know many corporations that would go, you can make $2 billion if you hire a black, this black woman as your, as your CEO. Or you can make a billion dollars and hire this white man. That company's going to go... <laughs> send Condi on over. That's just, that's, period. You, these people are, they care about green. Now, they may be racist in their heart, but there's tons of racist people in their hearts. Shit, I, I, you can't, you're never going to stomp that out. That's just ridiculous. But I mean, but it's, it's a way to demonize and go, well, you're doing this, but what you really mean to do is this. And this is why you're doing it. And it's ulterior motives. It's the same thing yeah. with this, with this, uh, was it unconscious bias training and shit? You're racist, but you don't know you're racist. Mm-hmm. Well, then I don't give a fuck. Who gives yeah. a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I just don't Wait, care. The, yeah. the, the better question is, does anyone else around you know it? Like, if I don't know it and nobody around me knows it, it's not a problem. <laughs> Yeah, why does it, you know, honestly, why does it need to be, why does it need, I know this is going to sound really, and, and perhaps it's because I've been, you know, tiptoeing around the IDW too much this week, but why does that have to be, it's not illegal to be a racist. It's not illegal right, right. not to like someone. Yeah. It may be fucked up and it may be immoral, but it's not illegal. It's not something that you're going to change either. You're not going to legislate that away. You're not going to tell someone you need to change, you need to stop being racist. And they're going to sit there, oh my God, you're so right. Thank you. No, they're going to say fuck you. They're probably going to dig their heels in a little bit further. That's see. That's why when that uh, was it Fresno State professor came out with yeah. all the Barbara Bush shit, I said, yeah. "Oh, so we're allowed to hate things again? I can go mm-hmm. back to hating something without having an ulterior motive." Like I can't stand that bitch over no, there. You're white male, you rich. Hate, you hate women. Hate well, things. I, you know what? White devil, white devil, all day. I don't give a shit. I, I just, I can't care anymore. I mean, it's ridiculous. But seriously, 
Bill Burr had used to, well, I don't know if it was a bit, but it sounded like one he was doing on Opie and Anthony, Anthony I heard years ago. He was like, why can't we hate things? Why is that not allowed anymore? It what is. What is so well, wrong? How do you disallow it? That's the, that, maybe that's the question. It's not so, not so much why is it that we can't. We can. We, we most certainly can. How are you going to disallow that? It's, it's kind of like saying, how can we be less horny? Right. <laughs> the thought is here's and here's 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 where I, here's what I love. Here's the parallel between the SJW and the conservative Christian, conservative Muslim, whatever the fuck religion you want to put it in there. They think that if you make it taboo to speak certain things, that somehow that's going to trickle down and change the core person you are. So if you can't say, you know, Middle-aged black women are the rudest fucking customers to wait on. And if you can't, don't say it for long enough, then somehow the, you're going to have a Care Bear moment. And your chest is going to open up and hearts and butterflies are going to fly in and you're just not going to be racist anymore. Right. right. Well, <laughs> and it's the same, the same way with, people whispering the word cancer because if you say it out loud, you might get it. Exactly. Right. And the Christians are like, don't talk about like, you know, sex with children and they won't have it. Really? Now you and I have. Do you want to go to I Alabama? Small disagreements on religion, Rich. One thing, one part, one part of religion we will never have a disagreement about is heresy. That's exactly, it's the same thing. You're talking about heretical speech. You're going against the doctrine. And that's why I, on my Facebook page, it said political beliefs. I said ideological heretic. Yep. Fuck them. I, it's the only thing I can think of. I, 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 everything I say offends somebody at this point in my life, so... No, and Fuck all it. that if does. If I'm a pariah, then so be it. Ask the church how heresy laws and heresy torture and all this, the other um, deterrence to heresy they've tried to throw out there over the last few hundred years. Ask them how it's worked. All it does is push shit underground. It doesn't end anything. It just takes it out of view. It makes people. It takes people will say it when you're not there. They're still gonna say it. They're still gonna fucking think it. You just don't have to hear it. That's and all the time. That's. My friend, that's that's exactly what's happening these days. Uh, is uh, with um, the, uh, the SJWs. They're not. They they all think. I don't want to go too far down this road because I don't want to go off on this for forty five minutes. But they all think that they are this huge super majority of the population because they're only surrounded by like thinking people, right? And what's happened yeah. is nobody's engaging them anymore. Everybody's either afraid to engage them with something that's off script or out of scripture. Or they're just sick and tired of hearing their bullshit and ignore them. They're still there. They're, the, the needle's not moving. They're just not engaging you anymore. <laughs> well, that's yeah, you become you become white noise. Congratulations. Oh wait, is that racist? Just <laughs> regular noise. You become non-binary. Yeah. Rainbow noise. Whatever. Yeah, the stuff. It's not working. It is not working. And I was talking a couple weeks ago. I guess maybe the, it, it, we can come back to it if you want, but I'll transition a little bit into the, the uh, intellectual dark web. Because I was yeah. talking a, a couple of weeks ago about uh, this shift. Remember that? This, this sort of, we, I, I didn't really know how to articulate it. But there was something bubbling up that I found on Twitter through Quillette and a few other sites. This is exactly right. what I was talking about. I didn't know it had a name. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. I just saw it. But this is exactly what I was talking about. The intellectual dark web is what they've termed it. I hate the name, and I hate that it even has a name. But this is what I, this is where I'm at. This this is what's it's a direct result of people getting sick and tired of being forced into the same um, um, sort of uh, uh, dialogue restrictions within this narrow lane of proper 
acceptable discussion where you can't have a real conversation about real issues. Because if you do and you go off script and you commit heresy against the liberal doctrine, you're basically jumped and pummeled rhetorically. And so people are abandoning that. And they found people like Jordan Peterson and so the, I think the Weinstein brothers – uh, Brett and Eric, is Eric Weinstein, does that sound right? See, I'm not even that familiar. Hey, I just right, read their yes, stuff. It, 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 yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people out there that have been purged from institutions because they, there's a couple of uh, um, uh, husband and wife who were forced out of a university, I think, in Canada because they stood up against some sort of a PC uh, uh, activist display. I, I can't remember exactly. Again, I'm not that familiar with this stuff. I just read it. Uh, but the, and so they moved away. They were purged from these institutions because of their anti, their their non-liberal beliefs or their non-batshit, uh, non-green tea party beliefs. And they found like minds to sort of congregate with and have a real conversation about topics that these days have become her, her, uh, heretical. And they found other people, and other people are now finding them. And well, moving the beauty away of it is, from- is that they're also not as much as they, as much as the people who are afraid of. These people getting together and talking about these topics want to paint them as alt-right racist and every other fucking ist and ism they can throw on them. They're from all over the political spectrum. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, 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 have you guys read Jordan Peterson's book or, or, or dipped into it, the 12 Rules thing? I have not. I, I have. mean to, but yeah. There's, I haven't read is, it, but I've, I've, I've read parts. There is nothing alt-right about that book that I've seen. No. No, it's, it's the it's the it's the extremely biased left media and yeah. the left leaning media who paints him as the the father figure to incel men well, on the on the alt right. Well, they, it's not like there's another bucket to put him in. They can't put him in their own bucket, and there's only one other bucket. Yeah. There's only us it's or the, them. It's become the reactionary. If you're not with us, you're a Nazi. You know, if you're not, if you're anywhere to the left or to the right of us, you are a Nazi. You're a a neocon. You're a an alt writer. You know, when you when you said a couple weeks back that you uh, you, uh, via Twitter you would you would gain a a glimmer of hope, et cetera, et cetera. I was kind of like time. I'm like I don't see it, but I mean, I'll I'll keep I'll keep an open eye on for it, and and you know, (laughs) let's hold a good thought and move forward. And then I saw something in the last couple days. I don't know if you guys know who Jonathan Pye is. He does uh Pie? Jonathan Pie, yeah. Like how's this spelled? P I P I E. P I E. Um It's a it's a character that this uh social commentator, I guess slash comedian does kind of along the lines of like a British Lewis Black. Okay. Okay. Now this gentleman classifies himself as I always as imagine a, all Brits are like Lewis Black, so Anyway, this gentleman classifies himself as a democratic socialist. Yeah. Very left leaning. He was just on one of the BBC talk shows railing against the left for taking free speech away from everybody. For making something like he goes, if you hate me because of the color of my skin, I'd rather you be able, I'd rather you tell me that. Then we can have a discussion about it. But when you ban discussion on everything and say, you can't say this, you can't say that. How can we expose the, uh, these ideas, drag them into the light, and show, and, and show them for the frauds that they are? Yeah. That, that's that's just or, or, hone, or yeah. have a way to hone your argument to actually convince somebody that you're right. Now, this is a, this is a yeah. far-left Democratic socialist <laughs> saying this, mm-hmm. and he got no flack for it hardly. There was a couple hardcore SJWs that came in and started throwing around. The accu- you could tell they didn't know who he was in the comment section. Started throwing around, he's an alt-right 
mouthpiece, and people just laughed their asses off. And we're like, go watch his, go to his YouTube channel and watch that. You tell me that's an alt right person. That's a person yeah. that even leans slightly to the right. You're retarded if you can say that with a, with a clue without a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. But he said the oh, exact yeah. same thing that people like Sam Harris, people like Jordan Peterson, people like. Yeah. Joe Rogan, uh, any number of people who've been now labeled alt-right has said, and they, they get savaged for it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's the problem with this term alt-right. It, it's a very small group of people that identify themselves as alt-right. But we've applied that to, not we, as in you and I sitting here, but the left has certainly applied it to anyone who voted for Trump has to be on the alt-right. Well, the, mm-hmm. it, at the heart of all propaganda is the us versus them. We have to like, pit people clearly, against each other, and this is the perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about yeah. it. We, they've screamed racism, homophobia, Islamophobia so much that these, not, even Nazi. When I see someone go, Nazi, I just laugh. Right. Unless they're wearing a fucking uh, a swastika, you know, red suspenders, shit well, like that. It, get the fuck out of my face. But, They're not a Nazi. But there's two, there's two sides. There's two advantages to the idea of seeking to understand somebody that you have a, a difference with. I mean, certainly one side is the compassionate side, the one that wants to seek compromise. The other one, it's just from a strategic advantage to know your opponent, to well, know that, their it, argument, to know how to pick it apart. And certainly just saying that you're well, not... What you're saying is not worthy of a platform and no one should listen to you is no way to to have any grounds to pick apart their argument and show people why they may be wrong. It's John Stuart Mill. It goes back to that book I keep <laughs> imploring you guys to read uh, uh, on liberty. It's not only that. It also, if you take the right attitude in having a conversation and dialogue with someone you, di- you disagree with, you may find something in their argument you agree with that you can incorporate into something new. You know, not everybody's right. wrong about absolutely everything. Just because you're, if you're a liberal, if you have the assumption that everything a conservative says is wrong because they are in another camp, you're part of the fucking problem. There right. are... There are good points on both sides. And normally, a normal human being, if you're having a rational conversation on a higher than a third grade level, they're going to have good points to make and things that should be considered. And that's completely out the window now. But you know, they have know, to have good points because, I mean, what, yeah. what is your alternative to think that that person is evil? That that person yes, has no redemptive we, qualities? That Just is because, where we are. That yeah, Aaron, is exactly where we are. I forget what college campus it was, but there was some. There was a college campus uh, where, Rich, help me out on this. It was where Republic, a Republican club got removed from campus because they uh, the 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 Demo- the Democrats on campus or the left people on campus felt they were being marginalized simply by the existence of this group. Yeah, they went in. They went in uh, with cell phone cameras undercover, trying to get them to. Catch, catch them saying something that could get them thrown off campus, and then someone noticed someone was recording, and all hell broke. If this is the same incident, all hell broke loose. And then it turned out that like three or four of the people there that were they were attacking as Republicans were registered Democrats. They were like, "This is the only place we can come and have conversations about these subjects without what you are doing happening." <laughs> right? You know, so, I mean, and it, it literally turned it. This is my new thing that's going to get you want. Cheap dental work, come see me and do this in my face because this is something that I will do my, I will die.
trying to kill you and knock your teeth out your face. This clapping every word in your face while they're talking to you. You do that shit to me. It's a night night. I am not a violent baby. person. I don't know what to but do. I don't think I could stop from hitting somebody. Exactly. And they were doing that. Yeah, me either. And, and 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 like yelling at these people and you're fascist and you're racist and we this is a safe space. This is our home. And yeah. this guy was just real calmly going, this is a school. This is a place for exchange of ideas. This is not a safe space. Yes, know, you should a- feel physically safe here, and no one's going to harm you. If you feel physically what? unsafe here right now, that's your mental that's your mental illness speaking. I thought that was like part of what we understood about higher education. It was supposed to be scary. It was supposed to be... Oh, I mean, each, no. each time you advance to a, the next level in, in schooling, it's kind of a a, a leap. You know, there's there's uh, a certain amount of independence and responsibility just in uh, in graduating into high school. Mm-hmm. But you know that that idea that going away to college is you on your fucking own. Granted, you know your parents are probably always going to be there to bail you out anyway. But it should be scary. You should be confronted with things that you don't understand or that frighten you. Yeah, when, if you're, when we were college age, I remember the push it, it was painted as a place where you're going to be going here and you're going to be hearing all kinds of viewpoints because that's how the world is. And now it, it seems to be they're turning into echo chambers. Well, yeah, we were just we were talking about before the show, I know you shared this uh, story with us earlier, but I, I guess I missed it. But the story about uh, the U, U of M... Uh, disciplinary code that ran into the, trouble because of the what do they re- the bias refer to it again? Teams. Yes, the bias response team. If this this sounds kind of bizarre to me. I'm, I I don't even. I'm trying to picture what this even looks like. This is like a bunch of old people sitting at a big long desk. I'm just picturing a bunch and, of people with like multicolored hair jobs going. We're from the internet. We're here to help. <laughs> but I mean, their what was their job was to police potentially offensive language on campus right yes, yes. And, and not just on campus i mean there there's a i believe there's an incident log and first of all most of the incidents are internet based shocking but yeah and you and then you're supposed to provide restorative justice that, that that's supposed to be your penance if the bias response team contacts you yeah, it, it, an example is, is as a result of student whose speech is seen by another student as hurtful to his feelings could be accused of bias uh-huh. And they'd have to uh, go through some sort of where's the, the training part? It's some basically, re, you know, you, you get your go to reeducation camp and get your head right. Basically, is what they're saying. They just they this is so up. broad. I mean, how how is bias not defined as an? I just don't like that guy. <laughs> I, I, once again, you're not allowed to hate things. You're not allowed, yeah. and you don't hate. Wait, maybe I'm biased against him because he's stuck with my girlfriend. I mean, let's take the word hate out of it. You're not even allowed to dislike things, to disagree with Oh, is she yours, Aaron? Is that your property? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you're not even allowed to dislike things or disagree with things if they're on the, 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 the left's Ten Commandments sacred stones that, you know, Moses brought down from their temple or whatever. I mean, it's just... It, I've, it's I've seen a- so many videos of students doing stuff on campuses that would have got us when we went to college thrown out of school and no one seems to care because the majority of the students are it turns into the mob mentality i mean you brought up eric weinstein todd and when he told his story on a podcast 
And he said, I'm not leaving for the, you know, uh, day without whites. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to teach my classes. I'm going to go about my day like a normal day. Like, students were openly threatening him in the hallway. You're going to have to go bats. to the bathroom sometime. We'll catch you one-on-one. Baseball bats. That's a fucking threat to, to his safety. That's a crime. But you can best bet if Ted Nugent said some shit like that or some right-wing t- uh, student said some shit like that to that fucking that land fucking cow out there at Fresno State or wherever the fuck, all hell would break loose. He would be charged. He would be this is what this is the face of toxic white masculinity and terrorism and every other fucking thing. But because it's on the left and the school is ultimately going to cater to the majority and the majority of those kids walk in there and they've had their heads filled up with their parents. They're either change of life fucking baby boomer kids or their Gen X fucking parents have just filled their heads with this bullshit that life should be fair and the way you think life should be is the way it you need to make it. It's not the reality of the situation. I, I And I can admire someone trying to change something for the better Mm-hmm. But I got to pity someone who walks around going, the world isn't the way I see it in my head, so it has to change for me. But, you know, just like the Boy Scouts, this is a business, right? And it's the colleges, while they, uh, for years now, we've had the, the, the right railing against higher education. I mean, Fox News is famous for it, not talking about how this is just a liberal breeding ground. This is we're brainwashing our kids into thinking these crazy ideas. And the, these institutes aren't worried about that. They're more worried about the liberals being too scared to send their kids to the school because they might deal with something challenging that then forces them to, I don't know, maybe do some parenting and talk to their kids about something. God forbid. Oh, God. Maybe one of some of those so, kids might start learning trades. So, yeah, I mean, hands. they're bending over backwards to provide these safe spaces to, you know, and probably uh, ignoring... A lot of behavior, like you were saying, Rich, that would usually get somebody kicked out of school because they don't want the, to deal with the backlash because it's going to end up with less students, less people giving their money to that institution. I wonder if it's a business decision. I wonder if student loans were a lot harder to get to the point where parents had to pay for their kids schooling, because as it is now, your kid can go to a school, a college and get student loans and go into debt and get whatever fucking degree they want. And it really doesn't come out of your pocket that much. You might have to let them, like if they go to a smaller college, they might have to live at home. You know, that that comes out of your pocket. But the debt ultimately falls on the kids. I wonder if the parents had to pay for these educations and these kids were like, I got my master's in gender studies. They'd be like, not on my fucking dime, you didn't. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Part of that conversation, Rich, is that system is broke. Because just real quick, Mandy has $100,000 in student loan debt she could get more tomorrow yep that's well, of course up. That, that yeah because it's guaranteed you can't file bankruptcy on it they will find you and take it if, if you are working and getting a paycheck and you are delinquent they will just fucking snatch your shit straight up jack your paycheck thank you now go to work or tax I, refund i found that out one year yeah that too so i mean if you take away that to where these colleges don't have like automatic customers mm-hmm. with money falling out their asshole that has been right. loaned to them. Well, because I mean, it's a it's a system that is showing diminishing returns too, right? I don't think that I don't have any hard numbers in front of me, but I bet if you you plotted it out, you would see that 
it's first of all, you're not necessarily guaranteed a job just because you uh, paid for schooling. Not not necessarily a job in well, yeah, the field. And supply and demand. You have flooded the market with degrees. You have devalued them. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, it's not. I'm not saying that it's like a a useless thing to have higher education, but it's certainly not any kind of prerequisite for being successful in this country. The problem is, it's is not higher education. The problem is, you give these kids who have no understanding, okay, of how the rest of their lives and debt and everything else is going to work. And you say, now you can go to college and study anything you want. And they come out with bullshit degrees just as much as they come out with degrees that there's actually a demand for. You yeah. get kids coming out, well, you know, with a degree. How many people, aren't we constantly hearing about nursing, nursing, we need nurses, we need nurses? Sure, always. Always, right? Then why do I know like four or five nurses who have degrees and they're like i can't find a job worth a shit right i can't even i can't and even it, live if i don't have to pay, even if i didn't have to pay my fucking college loan back i couldn't even live off of what they're wanting to pay me right if we need nurses that's they, not how you get them they can't make enough to pay for the daycare that it would cost them to go to work exactly and i mean even if they don't have kids it's just a married couple or something god forbid i mean i, I i'm thinking of, of of a couple i know you know, he had a he has a very good job as an engineer at a at an automotive company, and that allowed her to work past that first couple of years. Where I guess it's you're making jack and shit, and they didn't have kids. Only when she established herself and was making and could demand a higher salary, even if she left her current employer, did they have kids. But not everyone makes that wise of a decision at such a young age. What's the mm-hmm. way? How many people honestly that we grew up with had kids? And never once thought, I can't afford this kid at this point. Nope, I'm pregnant. I don't believe in abortion. I got to have this kid. I don't know many people who had kids young who planned them is what I'm getting at. Right. And they, they make a decision uh, that they, they, they don't even understand the repercussions and consequences of. Because I, I've had friends say, well, when the kid's 18, he's no longer my concern. You think that's how, that, that, you think that's how parenthood works? Uh, <laughs> the kid turns 18, you never see him again? What do you... A wild animal, right. a feral cat. I raised you. Now get out of here. Right. I'll is never it, see you again. on your 18th birthday. Was just gonna start throwing rocks at you until you leave town. <laughs> yeah, what is this a Shirley, Shirley Jackson story? What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's part of the problem. That's why you get these kids going in here, who it's not the real world, but they think they're in the real world. They're they're playing adult. You know, it's like my friend who said. He did 14 years in the Marines, and he said the one thing the Marines did was allow me not to grow up for 14 years. Yeah. I could stay the emotional age I was when I joined the Corps. And I'm like, so combat and all that. He's like, take away all that. I'm talking about the fact that I could still live like a fucking 20-year-old kid at 34. I wasn't married. I, I, I always had a place to stay as long as I didn't mind living in a barracks-type situation. I always had food as long as I could get to the fucking mess hall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I can kind of see it. Now, what, isn't that what college has turned into? But we're, we're funding it with, with, when I say we, I mean the United States government and people giving college and student loans and, and guaranteeing them. Yeah. They're the ones funding it now. Well, and, and it's partially that attitude of like, once they're 18, they're not my problem. Like, hey, they can't stay here anymore. So 
They got to go somewhere. I've been out of high school 21 years. I know people that I went to school with that are still in college. And they started going after we graduated. Like, like, are you a fucking doctor yet? Like, well, I talked it, to... It's going to be time to finish to, at some point. We're 40. I talked to a coworker and I asked her about her music professor. Because, God bless her, she's going, she's going for a music theory degree. And I'm like, I hope you... I wish you the best. But cool, I asked you're going to be and, like, degreed and poor. <laughs> and I asked her, you know, how, how old her professor was. And she said he's in his in his early 40s. And I said, have you asked him how he got to teach at the, at the college that you're going to? And she goes, he basically said he was a professional student until he just had enough education to teach at the college. Right. He just kept, he just kept going to college, and then he did the band thing. Or I think, I think he's a club, more of a classical musician, so he probably tried to break into the classical music world, which is just as cutthroat as fucking any other part of the music business. Oh, yeah. And decided, I can't do it, so I might as well teach. That's well, not I mean, who I want teaching my kids as someone who's been a professional student who has little to no real-world experience and, and telling them, oh, just keep going to school until you get a degree you know, that, that's, that's considered good enough so you can do my job. Yeah. What are you, Van Wilder? This, as an aside, I was thinking that the, the classical business might even be more cutthroat because you have to be actually competent. It's not about, like, they have a look. <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. this guy plays a mean cello. Oh, how's he dress? <laughs> he got style. Yeah, can we put him on a magazine cover? <laughs> cello player monthly. Cello player for the practicing musician. Uh, did we lose Todd? I'm here. Oh, no, okay. okay, okay. Well, uh, can we talk some uh, uh, international politics? Do you guys have an opinion sure. on either North Korea or Iran? Both in the news nope. recently. I'll this be honest. No. Don't care. <laughs> Straight up. Not yeah. even on the radar. Well, I mean, we got, what, three hostages back from North Korea this week. Yes, right? but what about those That's... poor people in Iran now that we've you know, backed out of the Iran deal? Oh, right. <laughs> That's what it is. Right. That's the spin now. Oh, yeah, and, and North Korea is only doing this because they want something. Right. Yeah, that's the only was, way we ever get anyone back from a foreign power is they want yeah. something from us. And we're like, okay, give us our people back and we'll talk. I would it's say the, the vast majority of the time, the only reason anybody does anything is because they want something. <laughs> right. That's, isn't that 100%. called politics? The only like reason said, that you're standing up for a cause is because you want attention. <laughs> Another thing I saw is that... Uh, or you want change. A lot of people on the left are, were complaining about you know the Pompeo visit a few weeks ago. You remember that he uh, took off from this secret meeting. He flew over to North Korea, didn't tell anybody. Trump didn't mention it. They found out about it. Like, oh, my God, what the fuck's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. now this. So obviously the guy was over there negotiating a release of these hostages. Yeah. And nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, if this happened, I, again, I hate playing this, well, if Obama did it, how I hate doing that to an extent. But imagine if Obama did it. Imagine if this had been done. St. Brock? Three years ago. Oh, my God, it would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah, there was, uh, they had, oh, I forget who they were interviewing on NPR about this, somebody who had actual experience in, uh, in foreign relations, and he was asked by the interviewer, so how much of this is, uh, does Trump deserve credit for? <laughs> and, like, what a leading question. Yeah. Like, can't, Look, the, we understand that none of this stuff just plays out underneath one president. You know, these are when when there's big international moves, 
it's not because somebody stepped up and said, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Tear down that wall. Right? Right. right. I mean, I'll give Reagan credit. He said it. It happened. He was president at the time, but we all know that there was a lot more behind the fall of the Soviet Union than Reagan acting tough. But that goes for any president in any situation. Look, I, there, let's, there's just, a bigger, let's just give let's just give Trump the credit. Yeah, there's a bigger. I mean, <laughs> like, it's it's sort of a. I, I think it's a sort of a false comparison with the Berlin Wall and three hostages. <laughs> you know, that was a longer process that, uh, you know, involved people like Jimmy Carter and even Nixon and, you know, the Cold Absolutely. War and all that. But Absolutely. There, there's something here that, that there's something that is apparently good happening on that peninsula right now. Right. Okay. Well, the, the, the argument, though, North like Korea. people were upset over Mike Pompeo's business. Like, oh, they're not going through traditional channels and this is very unprecedented and, uh, well, okay, but nothing else has worked, so... <laughs> where was, yeah, where was Obama's success over there? Or Bush before him? Something's happening here. I don't know why. And I'm not 100% sure that I, you know, don't think that there's some sort of nefarious dealing going on beneath the table. But I don't really care at this point. If, if North Korea is actually talking with South Korea, talking about getting rid of its nuclear weapons, and three hostages were sent home... I don't really see that. I don't right. see how this is a bad thing. Why can't right. you give the fucking man credit? Your guy couldn't do it. He did. Give him some fucking credit for it. Right. He's You're looking I mean, for he's, reasons. He's either, just looking it's either for coming reasons. about because of his actions in part, or he's just taking advantage of a situation that's happening. Either way, he deserves credit. What situation? I mean, what situation absent him has, is happening that wasn't there before him? Well, I'm saying, like, maybe there's... Who knows what's actually going on inside North Korea or inside Kim Jong-un's head that this could have just reached a point that has nothing to do with Trump being president where the situation is untenable. He's afraid of his position of power for some reason that maybe just he has he realizes that he has to start working with other nations because if he continues to starve his own people at some point, they're going to say enough. Well, well, I, I, just had, also, I just had a thought. Yes. Does this mean the fire and fury comment worked? No. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of that. You just you was calling him Little Kim not too long ago. I have to. I have to wonder if, if, you know, Little Kim or his someone in his fucking court of gestures or whatever, we're just sitting around going, "Wait a minute, we hate America, right?" Yeah. What's the best way to piss them off and divide them and get them fighting amongst each other? <laughs> Give Donald Trump his way and watch him fucking rip each other apart over it. Right. I mean, it's right. <laughs> you're telling me that this guy who who th who thinks with his missiles that land in the ocean half the time instead of going where they're supposed to isn't petty enough to do something like that just to watch the fucking to kick the to ant hill just to watch the ants go fucking nuts? I absolutely no, no. do. I, I absolutely. I, I, do. I believe. I believe in Occam's razor as well. And sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer. Maybe he hit the right chord with the guy. Maybe he knew how to deal with him when other people didn't. I don't know. Yeah. That is the simplest answer. <laughs> that he got it done. Uh, he just simply got it done. I, I don't I, know how. I don't, I, 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 see, I, <laughs> but, can't, I, I don't buy this. I think... I, I, too many people think that like these people in power are like these genius, these evil geniuses. Who are like, Whoa. I don't, well, I don't, I don't I buy it. I don't unfair. buy it. 
I, these guys, these are these are people just like me and you. These are people with fucking who are neurotic, who have hangups, who have mental illness, who walk around in a bubble, whatever, and they'll do shit just to fucking do it. I mean, he's already proven he's not a stable person. Which one are we talking about? Oon. Oon doesn't. Okay. Well, well, so either one of them. Either one of them, really. Since you have to ask. I mean, honestly, no, Trump said he was a very stable genius. Remember, <laughs> would you? Would you be comfortable letting either of them babysit? Oh, no. no. See? I wouldn't let them cat sit. Exactly. I'd let Ivanka. I think I'd let Ivanka babysit me. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. She might be open to it because... Honestly, he's going to be I'd come over in a diaper no, and guys, everything, man. Have you guys seen like the video clips of him trying to hold her hand and her slapping his hand away and shit? <laughs> yeah, Todd, you might have an opening, bro. I'm just saying, no, go for it. Ivanka, not Melania, Ivanka. Oh right. Oh, the daughter. Yeah. What I about bet. both of them at the same time? Yeah. You gonna turn mm-hmm. that down? Yeah. The sportsman's double. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go from Anna Kendrick to that. Come on. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were such a Michelle Obama fan. Is that is that is that your is that your your, your, your Where first lady? Are you you going? You're you're in you're like you just crossed the the median into the ditch, buddy. Well, <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> but to get, to get back on track a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Start, I just I, I understand how does, exactly how does what all you're this. In, in a lot of ways, I, I completely agree with you that, that maybe they're just bad shit, and maybe he's doing it just to troll us. It could be. Maybe play the device of, you know, uh, let's tear them a little bit further into game. I, it, sometimes, though, it's just the simplest answer. I just, I'm just going to say that again. That maybe the two are a little, they're, they're both a little batshit. They're both a little nuts. Maybe they speak the same nutty language, and he got through to him. No, yeah, I, could, I, I could see, I could see, because it's like the two biggest bullies. It's like Mighty Ducks, too. The two biggest bullies on the, on the, on the hockey team become the Bash Brothers. Like the two right. biggest bullies meet each other and they find out they like each other more and they want to beat each other's ass, so they become like friends. And you're just going, "What yeah. the fuck just happened? We thought we were going to see like an epic fight, and now this." Right. I feel like the simplest answer is just money. Like Kim Jong Un wants to be part of the global economy, doesn't want to be ostracized, cut off. He well, wants to, sudden, he wants an Apple factory in his country. He wants turning out American boys. goods. He could have done this with Obama. Well, it's, that's true, and I don't know what might have changed in the meantime. If that, if my theory is correct, what may have changed his mind on that? But I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know either. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, here's the thing: it could, it's probably a mixture of a bunch of. Di- it's probably a combination of a bunch of different things. But I, I now that you say it, and I really stop and think about it, money is. One money, pussy, fear of death. Those are the things that really drive people to do shit that you would think yeah. they would never fucking do. Well, you know, and I, I think maybe there is a, a lot to be said for the idea that Kim Jong Un likes Trump because it's not like as much as they may talk about how you know America is an evil nation. He eats the fuck up. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. He is eating up American culture personally. I mean, obsessed with, with American movies and whatnot. That so his dad. Th- this oh, idea that that, uh, that Trump is almost like the ultimate ugly American. Maybe there's part of that that like, hey, this is this is a guy I can work with. Well, what explains the change in the last year, though? Oh shit! This guy's crazier than me. 
No, right, on the that's table. what I'm saying. Right? Maybe it is Trump. Maybe yeah. maybe it's just because he likes him. He he yeah. he likes the fact that he can have uh, you know a little Twitter battle. Well, I mean, there is the fact <laughs> that we now have a president for the first time in my lifetime that I consider it probably likely that would to throw a nuke to around, or at least really, really try really, 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 really hard to do it. I don't know if mm-hmm. he would be allowed to in the end. I mean, it's not like the movies where he's just, you know, pushes a button and the whole world comes to an end. There is a fucking process to it. But I, I, I don't think Obama was even fucking close to being the president that was going to throw a nuke at anybody. Maybe, maybe this is a ploy as well. Here's another possible exa- uh, 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 explanation. Maybe he just plays nice with Trump thinking that Trump is a, a president who needs to find a war somewhere, right? So he can do that with Iran, and I'll make nice with him, and then things will go back to normal once Trump is out of office. Well, that's going to be the, that's going to really be the bellwether, isn't it? Is that when Trump? I mean, he's not going to be president for life, despite what right. a lot of liberals think he wants to do. Uh, yeah, when right. he's we, out, we of won't office, know until he's out of office. Right? <laughs> what, yeah, what's and if really going to happen with you know, change? <laughs> then yeah, you won't we'll know. I don't know. I just I, I keep coming back. I, I I started thinking about this a little bit uh, over the last couple of weeks with the change in the rhetoric and the tone and the you know the, the new come togetherness <laughs> uh, between them and North and South Korea and them and uh, Un and Trump. And it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. I can't speculate that much. I don't have enough information. I'm just glad it's happening. Because it wasn't too long ago that we were all, everybody was concerned that there was going to be a nuclear exchange of some right. sort uh, between us and North Korea, or North Korea was going to nuke Seoul. And that's no longer being batted around. Yeah. And in fact, they're going the other way and talking about getting rid of their entire nuclear weapon program, getting rid of their nukes. I don't think, I, I, I just, I'm glad, <laughs> I guess. And until I can, I'm if there's you. some, some, uh, uh, conclusive reporting or information as to why if there was some ulterior motive until i see the evidence for it i i I guess i just don't want to speculate too much i'm going to give the guy his credit say glad it happened way to go glad we're not going to have a nuclear war at least on the korean peninsula and see what happens next but i think he does deserve the credit at least at least in the short term at least until that stuff comes out then we can you know (laughs) then i'm willing to talk about it but for right now <laughs> hey, wait a But you talk about it like it's inevitable. Like, <laughs> I, I eventually I we'll find out open. the ulterior motive here. I leave that open to possibility. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, because well, it is. It is. The, it is a drastic. It is a drastic change between yeah. now and a year ago, and a very now and six months ago. So something yeah. happened, but I don't know what. So, well, on I the guess. flip side, looks like. The uh, situation with Iran seems like the exact opposite to me. This is like purely ego-driven thing of, you know, he Trump, while he's not able to explain why it's such a bad deal, has said that it is the worst deal in history. Uh, I, I don't really see any evidence of that other than it was in part brokered by Obama. <laughs> and Trump just has a desire to wipe any evidence of him from history. Right. I got nothing. I don't know what I don't know what's going on. I really well, don't. It is, is a good point you bring up because one of the things that's been brought up in a few, just a few articles and and pieces of news I've read is I'm surprised this really isn't brought up more. Is how hard Trump has worked towards undoing 
anything he can possibly undo that Obama put into place. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is like some epic levels of pettiness. Like I, I yeah. it, it it to me, I'm just like, wow. He really pissed Trump off. Trump was like, "Oh, you want to make jokes, but I can't be president. Yeah. Watch me take your job there." Now, I'll walk that now, sidewalk with. Now all I this shit definitely. that you put into place, yeah. watch me fucking tear it down. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go along some, with <laughs> some of these. Some of these things aren't even that big of a deal. It's just like I'm just going to undo it because I can, and Obama put it in place. I mean, that's that's the definition of petty. It's like it's your. This this wasn't a campaign promise. This wasn't something that's going to solidify his base or bring him new voters. This is just. I think actually, I think this. If you're talking about the Iran deal, I think it was a campaign promise. No, yeah, no, I'm talking no, about yeah, overall the shit Trump has has. Oh, done. okay, all right. You know, like the. Um, oh Christ! What was it? The. Uh, the mislabeled Obama phones. <laughs> you know how. I, Oh, Obama phone. I'm going to get my Obama phone. And it's like, yeah, well, you realize Reagan started that program, right? Obama just brought it into the 21st century by giving them smartphones because, well, where do you even go to buy a flip phone anymore? I mean, there's only so many Nokia bricks still working and and, and around. I mean, besides, you can't even find a charger for one anymore. Like shit like that. I don't. And and what what is his? uh, He wants to end the food stamps. And start making, sending meals to people like, uh, like rations almost. And it's, I think they do mail out MREs. That's what, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, some of those are good. <laughs> some of those are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if, if, if you're on welfare and you don't have time in the morning to make the coffee in the MRE pack, you can just eat it. I mean, it's done every day. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, but I, 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 just shit like that. It's like, what? That is so petty. That is so petty to spend time undoing that. Like, yeah. like you're like you're solving well, something. Like, oh, I've solved this problem. It wasn't that big of a problem in the first place. But I guess why it's so far, it seems to be that it's not going to make that much difference. Put Trump wanting to pull out of the deal with Iran. Uh, Iran hasn't uh, really uh, seemed to express any interest in breaking the agreement that they're going to. And most of uh, the sanctions that uh, that were against them are, are deals that they have with European countries that are going to remain in this deal with Iran. So they, they may suffer a little bit from American sanctions, but uh, they seem to be wanting to, to stick with it. The The fear here, though, is that like by pulling out of this deal, this just doesn't put us... It doesn't feel like we're going back to 2015 when this deal was being worked out and Iran was still pursuing a nuclear program, kind of feels like we're going back to like 2001, especially with John Bolton hanging around again. Oh God. Yeah. I know. Caterpillar. Because there's no talk about again, what would be a better plan, what Trump would like to see, or even coming to the table with Iran again. But you better believe they have a plan for what happens when Iran decides to start producing nuclear weapons again, or at least start their program up again. I uh, thanks. There we go. I was in a cheery mood. Now I, I got to think about that. Yeah, that'll fucking. It's like cat shit in my Cheerios. Thanks. Appreciate that thought. But I mean, it's true. It's 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 a it's yeah. a valid point. And I, I once again, I I'm not I'm not versed enough in foreign affairs 
and the nuances of it to really get to get very deep into this. But if it's going to accelerate Iran trying to restart or or further their fucking nuclear program, why on earth would we make that decision that leads down that road? I, yeah. I mean, it's like are you, it's almost. But, I, I I flipped to the Bill Hicks skit where he where he's talking about the U.S. is like the gunfighter and Shane throwing the gun at the sheep herder's feet, going pick it up, and when he does, he shoots him, and he goes, "You all saw him. He had a gun, right." Uh, like, yeah, Trump has no alternative plan for this. And when asked about his criticism of why this is the, the worst deal in history with Iran, his main point is that because it expires, because thought, it has an expiration date. So on. let's hurry it up. Let's 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 sprint to the expiration date instead of fucking take a slow, leisurely pace to it. Right. Like, do you open up your fridge and be like, this milk expires in two weeks? Fuck, Fuck that this shit. Milk. <laughs> Throw it away now. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, that that makes that that's the part that makes little sense to me, and I'm just like left scratching my head, going, "Am I missing something here?" Because I've yet to hear any type of respected from anybody on the left or right military mind come out and just enthusiastically co-sign on this. In fact, even I, you should read I, the article I just sent you guys because it, it's the one of the architects of the deal under Obama was interviewed. And he says that it is a good idea to pull out of it. Yeah, there was a lot of debate about that. I mean, it wasn't a universally uh, embraced policy when it was implemented. There were a lot of people that, um, I think a lot of military people thought that it didn't go far enough. It wasn't enough accountability, I guess, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It's been a, been a little while, a couple of years since that uh, that thing came down. But I, I, seem to, I do remember that, that it wasn't something that was just celebrated. Uh, sure. I mean, is there a better way? Is there a better deal to be had? Maybe. As, but th- that's the problem. There's not a better plan being presented. Right. Well, the, one of the points of this article, though, is saying that he's try, it, they're try, trying to tie it to North Korea, and it seemed that apparently putting pressure on North Korea is going to work. So that's kind of the thought process here is, okay, well, then let's try to do the same thing with Iran. Well, it's Aaron. I think you bring up a good point. It's very untrumpian of him, considering that like he's the type of guy who's like always cheating on his wife with the next wife. For him to back out of something without having a fucking backup plan already in place and installed, you know, I guess that's what makes me wonder. Like, okay, you can't take something away and just go. I mean, it's like quitting smoking. They say if you quit smoking, you have to find something to replace it, whether yeah. it be working out, sucking on suckers, chewing gum, something, whatever. You can't just take something out and go, okay, good. There's a big hole where that was. Now what? Right. And I guess my, my bigger fear is not that there's no plan. It's that there's a plan that no one wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys a question. My um, specifics on this, have, I, my memory is not what it used to be, so maybe it's failing here. Are we the only ones that entered into this deal? No. Um I I don't know all the details of it, but I know I, I believe the the European Union as a whole is part of this as well as other nations. So they've still got their dull molars intact enough to bite. The deal is still intact then. We just left. We just withdrew from it, sort of like the uh uh, right. uh, uh Pacific Trade Partnership thing, right? 
It's the U.S., the U.K., the France, the France, France, China, Russia, and Germany. And they're all still the, there. They're, they're, they're all still bound by that, that treaty, right? Well, I, I mean, they're bound as much as, as any nation is. But when, I think when the U.S. pulls out of the, out of the deal, then it's hard to, uh, blame Iran for, if they choose to break it. Well, they can't do anything. That, that, that group of countries can't do anything if Iran violates well, the I mean, they, they, they would just go back to the sanctions that they had before the deal. So what were we supposed to do if they violated the, the agreement? Well, we, uh, what is America supposed force. to do if Iran would violate it? I, what I'm trying to figure out is what's changed yeah. as far as Iran and this agreement. We pulled out of it. What is it that we were bringing to the table that France, Germany, the UK, China, Germany, and all these other countries can't do that we could? Uh, removal of American sanctions on Iran, which, uh, you know, is only a small percentage of the total sanctions that they were dealing with prior to this agreement from all the nations. There's also the fact that they don't, they no longer have the trump card of the American military in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it, it, it means that's, that's, that's why the U.S. The UN... is going to be no longer buying Iranian oil. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, and they'll continue. They'll probably just well, ramp up production for other nations. Well, well okay, I mean, fine. What What about NATO and what about Israel? Well, that's a good question. And Israel started lobbing missiles into Syria yeah. uh, just today, yeah. I guess. Israel ain't nobody to fuck with. I, I, at least yeah. on that on that that regional scale, anyway. These aren't right. these aren't the Mel Brooks, Brooks type Jews. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the, no. The, these are the Munich type Jews. So I mean, yeah, maybe. See, this is maybe so this what, is part of the plan that's not being talked about. Is like we pull America pulls out of the deal. Uh, 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 what were we saying? Israel starts launching attacks on Syrian for on uh, uh, Iranian forces inside of Syria. Mm-hmm. And then America steps in to support Israel, and that's how Maybe. we get into a conflict with Iran and beat them back, yeah, and and make it and make it look natural like we're not war hawks, we're just doing our jobs. Well, okay. Also, yeah. didn't aren't aren't we producing oil here in America that we're we're producing <laughs> yeah, so much we're selling it to other countries, selling now? it now? Yeah, it's, we're we're an oil ridiculous. producing yeah. country now <laughs> and, 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 on the global and, marketplace. Yeah, I heard you know I heard a few uh, commentators say that's thanks to fracking. So is this like that fracking was just for natural gas? Yeah, that's what is. they said on NPR, and I'm like, I don't see how one connects to the other, but okay. Or maybe we've got so much natural gas that we're able to sell off our oil reserves. But I mean, it, to me, it's like okay. So is this is this is this someone whispering in his ear? We <laughs> fuck Iran. We don't need them for anything. We can do whatever we want. I mean, that's, that just has me wondering, because if we were buying oil from Iran, and it wasn't that long ago, I remember, what, 10 years ago, there was all this talk about we're at peak oil right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're at peak oil. It's all downhill from here, blah, 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 blah. The U.S. is going to have to go into even more debt to, be, to support their oil habit and all this shit. Now we're producing it. Now we're producing it in such vast amounts, we're selling it mm-hmm. to other countries. Yeah. I, I, I may, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm connecting dots where they shouldn't be connected, but it seems like, it seems like kind of a fuck you, I got mine power move. It just seems, I, I, I'm t- kind of taking this back to the Boy Scouts thing, I think in my head, that maybe it's just an overreaction. I'm trying to figure out tangibly and practically what effect this has on that agreement. And if, <laughs> if NATO and Israel is capable, outside of the sanctions you mentioned, of uh-huh. holding 
just as large or ne- nearly as large of a hammer over Iran as as if we were to remain involved. And if that's yeah. the case, what's changed? No, very little. I agree. Bunch of angry white people. Damn, dude. What is that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about this. I don't claim to have a geopolitical uh, doctorate or anything like that, but I haven't heard that addressed. There are still, it's, it's, it's almost like it's being talked about like we unilaterally made this agreement with Iran. Obama unilaterally, just us and them, made this agreement, but there are all these other countries that are involved in it. You don't hear about that. You don't hear how that's going to be affected. And it leads me to believe that if it's not being talked about, that there's a huge effect and this is just being overblown for propaganda purposes. Right. Well, I mean, absolutely. If Iran, if the U.S. pulling out of the deal with Iran was that damaging to Iran, then they should start up the nuclear program, right? What do they have to lose at that right. point? So exactly. They, if they're not starting it up, then they clearly still have advantages to remaining in this deal with these other countries. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's probably yeah, not, not going to do a lot off. for the status quo. Yeah, it's pretty much what it's one of the points of the article I say you guys made is that yeah, Iran kind of has equity built up with a lot of other countries that it's not going to just throw down the shitter because we've pulled out of this deal, mm-hmm. right? Well, there's, I mean, and maybe this is once again just me coming out of left field, but I, I kind of feel like as because we're Americans, we're here and we're raised in this country. We don't see things as a lot of other countries do. And a lot of other countries are probably thinking, who the fuck is America? The only people who have nukes who have actually used them twice to tell other countries what they can and cannot have nukes. Oh, I've heard that <laughs> a lot. Rich, we're the good <laughs> yeah. guys. Don't you watch movies? <laughs> but, I mean, you have, yeah. to, you have to try to stop and see it from... Not, I mean, just just from not necessarily a country that we we have contentious relationships with, but just from a, just like a, like a sweet Sweden, just sitting there going, "Who, do, motherfucker, you dropped two of them. Who are you to tell anybody that they can and can't have nukes? What's wrong with you?" And when you look at it from that point of view, it's like, I mean, obviously we don't want fucking every fucking country in the world sitting on. The nukes we have, we don't, but we don't even fucking need the nukes we have. And once again, maybe my mind's wandering, but what the fuck happened to the Anti-Proliferation Act or whatever the fuck? Aren't we supposed yeah, to that, be getting rid that, of our nukes? I haven't no, heard that anything went, about that in years. That went away. That After I what, don't. 9-11? And I don't know who, I want to say that was Bush. Some Bush either right? Bush, Bush or uh, Putin. One of the two. Somebody pulled out of that. Well, if it it's was, gone. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. But there's enough, I think, stockpiled at this point. I mean, the the whole point of you know nuclear weapons, I guess the traditional aspect of you, y'all know this, is the uh, <laughs> the the deterrent. You attack right. us, we're going to destroy you as well. So nothing See, happens. I, See, I always thought the point of nuclear weapons was it almost secures you a seat at the big boys' table because hey, look, you have to deal with me because now I got fucking the exact same weapons you do. Well, that too. I mean, in the traditional, the traditional Cold War model, though, was we have just as many and more than you do. Therefore, we can kill you just as bad as you can kill us. So yeah, don't. Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I swear to God, I will kill everybody if you fuck with me. Yeah, I know. I know. That yeah. shit works. But yeah, you know, know what it makes me think of, not to totally go back to North Korea again, but it does make me think about how much uh, over decades now of talking about America dealing with North Korea, 
and how much they desire to be respected on on the world stage, right? Mm-hmm. To to be invited to the table, as you were saying, right? And and yet that's not doesn't seem to be the tactic that's actually getting traction with Kim Jong Un. It could very like, well be that that he looked at Trump and. Trump was like, look, if you want to play who's got the bigger dick as far as nukes go, you're going to lose. In your lifetime, well, you that. couldn't. I mean, that, yeah, that was basically yeah. what their Twitter war was in, about. You know, in your lifetime, you couldn't accumulate the amount that we have. Right. So stop. If you want to see at the big boy's table, act like a big yeah. boy, put your big boy pants on, and come sit down and talk to us. There's other ways well, to get uh, table besides his, waving a nuke in people's his his acquisition of nuclear weapons, though, gave him a power, uh, bar- a bargaining chip. It gave him something to give up in a negotiation. Yes. If exactly. you're going to engage in a compromise, I have this, so now I can give this up if you'll allow me to <laughs> have a seat at the table. And, and meanwhile, he could be totally bluffing. Well, let's right? be honest. I mean, that's, is, there's a very high percentage that he's bluffing because the, the, the success of North Korea's nuclear program is very questionable. Well, even that's, if, uh, even that's, if, that's not what I've read. I, I think most uh, uh, intel people believe that he actually has the weaponry. He just doesn't have reliable means to deliver it. Well, let's say, I mean, let's say. He, well, let's okay, say, let's, that's like saying that, you know, I'm stockpiled no. with bullets, but I have no guns. So no, what that's, threat am I me, really? Let me, <laughs> let me clarify. He doesn't have the means to strike our West Coast reliably. Yeah, no, I, I, can, yeah, I, I understand. He can well, fuck with Taiwan. He can fuck with Japan. He can fuck with South Korea. That's true. I think he's got the capability for that. I mean, let's 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 assume that the worst and that they have everything we fear. He has to understand. He launches one. That's the end of North Korea. And half of South even Korea, if, likely. He, well, I mean, even yeah. if we don't retaliate in like, you're going to be ostracized from the rest of the fucking world more than you are yeah. right now. Right. Even China acts like North Korea is like, oh, God, really? Yeah. And it's like it's like having a dumb brother that you have to provide for for your entire fucking life because he's not dumb <laughs> yeah. enough to be retarded, but he's just smart enough to get into trouble constantly. And you're like, oh, I just wish yeah. you had Down syndrome and you'd be happy folding the shirts at the Gap. Instead, you're out here yeah. robbing liquor stores. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, That's and, how and I think China sees North Korea. China's never going to get involved. If it came down to a nuclear exchange, China is never going to get involved on that level over that little piece of shit country. Well, I think China is giving lip service. Like They're like... They know they have a mouthy little brother who picks fights with people that are going to kick yeah. his ass. And so they go, leave my little brother alone. Come on, man. It's like taking candy from a baby. Come on, dude. He's stupid. He doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. Yeah. Like, that seems like how China views North well, Korea. I don't, I don't know if this is an official policy of China, but my understanding was that if North Korea were to start a war with somebody else, that they would not back them. But if a if a war came to North Korea, exactly, yeah, then they yeah. would. Yeah, it's it, well if you if you start that with the SH, you better be ready to bring the IT. But if you come over here and fuck with them, then you got a problem with us, right? And if that's if that's their stance, North little Kimmy has to t- take a look around and go. Uh, I really don't have anyone in my corner for real for me to act a fool. Yeah, right. I mean, and there's also this at a certain point. He just because the people in North Korea may have censored internet, not allowed to see certain things, and are given their version of their propaganda, doesn't he? He he knows what's fucking going on. He knows the reality of the situation. I mean, we say he's crazy. I think it's because 
Like Dave Chappelle said, when you call someone crazy, it's a very comforting thing to do because you can dismiss them out of hand. Oh, that person's crazy. It doesn't matter what they say. And it allows you to ignore anything they say or do. And right. I think it's almost, he's probably pissed that people around the world are like, oh, that crazy, that crazy, you know, Ooh, who knows what the fuck he's going to do. And he's probably thinking, I'm tired of being treated like that. I mean, if he, if that's his goal is to want respect on the international level, he has to rise above throwing a temper tantrum. Because, I, I, I mean, that, that's, temper tantrums, they may get you attention, but they're not, they're not, I'm sorry, which one are we talking away. about again? <laughs> if you have to ask, it's an evergreen. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I, mean, I come back to it. I mean, I, I, you, you might be right about that. I, I, I fully, fully acknowledge that. I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of glad that it's sort of backed off. I mean, there's a part of me that, <laughs> now I'm not even going to go there, but uh, I'm glad it's happened either way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I find. Yeah. No, I say find it, Todd. The, I know. I found. This is the I demon on your shoulder. Change, say it. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I find the change in tone and rhetoric, the U-turn that he's taken in six months, I find that highly curious. But, uh, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're not having the, you know, the same debates. Oh, my God, we're going to have a nuclear war right. that we were having, well, no, you know, a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible to just accept it on face value. But it is. it's also a little entertaining to watch liberals kind of go crazy looking for the cracks <laughs> in this. It's fucking great. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they, this is. can't be right. This is, there's something wrong here. You can, yeah. You what happens if he gets what Obama couldn't? Come what on. happens if he gets a Nobel Peace Prize? Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah, the, those things are like NC or uh, uh, National Association of Advancement of Colored People fucking uh, honorary awards. Everybody's Kid Rock's got one, and he's 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 an alt right alt right dog whistle for racism. Like, it gives a fuck about a Nobel Peace Prize at this point. When Trump yeah, gets it, I, the liberals will give a very large fuck about it. It, and they're the same right. people that care about the Grammys, which means they're functionally yeah. retarded. I think they should These nominate be... them for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It means about just as much. <laughs> you got no, but it, Trump. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's gonna it's gonna be perceived as a prestigious honor that went to the orange baboon in the White House, the alt right puppet. Exactly. However would, you want to look it, at it, that's it, people that don't even care about the Nobel it's Peace the Prize. The worst sin yeah. of all, the normalization. Oh my it will god! I'm normalize so Trump. That term. Yeah, yeah, it's true though. People don't lowered. even won't, won't even know what the Nobel Prize is, but they have heard the word and they'll know that Trump got it and they'll be outraged. That's what's to answer your question, Chris. That's what's going to happen. Duh. Gets, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Honestly, like we should just MSNBC is going to be like watching Lord of the Flies. Let's <laughs> give let's give Trump any award we can think of. Like he wants a fucking Grammy. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's make this guy let's an ego. <laughs> what? And you know, you got means you've won an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony, and an Oscar. Give him the fucking <laughs> uh, you know, uh, publishers clearinghouse or whatever the fuck it's called. Like, yeah, said, a, dig up, dig him, up the corpse of Ed McMahon to send over to his house. I'm saying it's like feed this, this guy's year's, ego. Okay, when like, this year's Cy Young Award. Come on, like, well, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the best Paul Bowler in the world because I have huge hands. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, (laughs) it's not going to make him a worse president. It could make him a, like... Doc Ellis' palm ball has nothing on me. He has very small hands. 
There's nothing to be lost from, from Trump feeling confident. Did you I know think. Doc Ellis threw a paw ball before MLB 18? Fuck no. <laughs> I admit that shit. Come on, dude. I get all my knowledge from TV, movies, and video games. <laughs> hey, I, I feel like, did, did we kind of skim over the uh, intellectual dark web thing? Do we have more to talk about there? I was going to come back to it later on. It's cool. I got. I, I well, wanted let's to do get that. Into, let's come uh, back to it. Well, the one thing I wanted to get get into was the uh, the Stormy Daniels uh, 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 Apollonia stuff we were talking about in the chat today. I think okay, that's yeah, Clifford. We all forgot about that. I think in the in the pre show. Apollonia. What's Purple Rain got to do with Stormy Daniels? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I call her lawyer. I can't remember his what, name. What's his Apollonia's name? Antelope. Cantaloupe. Pamplemousse. What say it again? Happy and Way. No, Happy and Way is a road in Rome. <laughs> It's huge. It's like Say his the name again. South, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Avenatti. Yeah, Avenatti. <laughs> Avenatti, yes, thank you. Dick, you made right, me so learn. I wanted to call him Apollonia for like six weeks. You're a dick. You ruined my, my dream. Anyway. Okay, so I, I have to admit, I completely missed the fucking back. I, I, I took a nap. I woke up. There was 43 unseen messages in Unregimented, and right. I didn't read any of them. So, <laughs> well, I, no, I, do you know the the story that we're talking about? Though, like uh, Stormy Daniels' lawyer somehow came in possession of documents that showed that Michael Cohen received all this money through his shell corporation, his consulting firm. That he was paid millions of dollars, a lot of it coming from this, uh, I forget his name, but some rich Russian oligarch who has ties directly to uh, Putin, uh, AT&T, but there was a, uh, was it a pharmaceutical company? Yeah. That, I forget the name, but yeah. All these random companies that were paying him millions of dollars, and then to all these, everyone except for the Russian oligarch had to come out with some sort of statement as to why they were paying uh, Michael Cohen all this money. Oh, to, because he was, an un, he was an unofficial lobbyist. Right. Well, he, I mean, what it looks like to me, yeah, it, to it, it a lot of people. Anything? Because remember the language in it; it said it appears to. It, yeah, you know, it, it looks well, like it no, looks like he's it. okay. They they have admitted it. AT and T and the pharmaceutical company uh, admitted that they paid. No, I was talking at, about the, the the Russian oligarch. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. But yeah, the, the companies though they were basically paying him for access. He was he was access peddling. Yeah, he's selling influence to the president. Yeah, okay, that was an in, influence and in, in, in insight into how he operates. AT&T right, that's, got that's how they phrased it. Yeah, they wanted yeah it's, insight it's, into how the new administration operates. It's like a, it's it, like a roadie in the seventies head for backstage pass. AT and T pretty much screwed themselves when uh, with the assumption that Hillary was going to win the election. So they right. had all sorts of people like in place. To sort of massage her properly before the election, they didn't do any of that with Ew. Trump. Well, it, it was Novartis. That was the uh, <laughs> the other company that had paid Michael Cohen through this uh, consulting firm, and they I think they had four different statements at the end. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it started out with like that wasn't us, that was uh, somebody else that hired him, and then it went to well we. Did hire him, but not for the reasons you think. Right. Okay, maybe it is the reasons you think. Right. Yeah, it's exactly what we think. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's as, as far as all that goes. The, the big question I had that we didn't get to in the exchange this afternoon is why is this motherfucker involved in this? He's supposed to be suing Donald Trump 
for the breach of contract or, or something down that line. Or I don't even know exactly what yeah. the terminology of the lawsuit is, but it's about him paying her hush money. Why is he involved in AT&T's dealings with Michael Cohen? Why is he prosecuting Michael Cohen? He's making a name for himself. No, 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 no. I want to know why. This is way far and beyond the scope of Stormy Daniels at this point. And why is he the one coming up with the information? Well, uh, there's a definite, there's a theory that he was given the information by Mueller's team because it appears that Mueller already knew about this even uh, before they did the, uh, the no knock search of okay. Michael Cohen's place. Let me ask, cause I speculated that this the, afternoon. Have you mm-hmm. heard that somewhere else? Cause that, I just uh, pulled that. No. Yes. Uh, have I seen indicate? I've heard people say that that's a, uh, state that as a theory, but you know this this comes up the problem of like, we don't really know what my, what uh, Mueller and his team have. But um, I guess there was evidence that I think it was in the New York Times article that they there was there was evidence that Michael that not Michael Cohen, that Mueller's team did know about this already, and that's and and people are just drawing the line between that and and Stormy Daniels' lawyer ending up with this information. He refuses to reveal his source on the on on the information. And he is there's no reason for him to. What's the point here? I mean, what, there, there's two two angles to this. What's the point of the Mueller investigation? One, is it to is it it's supposedly to investigate uh, Russia's influence on the election campaign fraud stuff like that? Correct. What's the so what's been the, told? Yeah. So what's the point of that investigation? What's the ultimate outcome of that investigation? Is it impeachment? Is that what is that is that kind of where they're they're trying to find out they have to go? And if that's the case. This isn't something that's going to be tried in court. You're not going to have a jury. You're going to have to deal with Congress. So why is he sending all of this information to Avenetti to get it in the media? It's not going to matter if it's in the media or not. It's got to be the, the trial is going to take place in Congress. I don't understand why this would be why he's leaking all this. And if that's not the case, if it's not just a simple leak, where the fuck is he getting it from and why? Why is he even in this in this ballpark? Well, uh, there is an advantage. I mean, to say that it's in the hands of Congress doesn't mean that it's out of the hands of the people. And, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, with the, I guess the way I see it is that all right. Let me let me let me. Mueller's investigation has an ad, has has an advantage to leak information and a disadvantage to leak in, information. Right. First let of all, me, if they leak information, then they're just corrupt. Right. This, you you can't. You can uh, write them off as uh, as part of the deep state. Whereas, okay. if they leak information through a third party to try and keep their hands clean, then they can get the information out there that will maybe try and sway public opinion on Trump, yeah, knowing that. Knowing that. Uh, let me hold on. Let me finish. Knowing that uh, the only way that Trump is going to get out of office is if. He is actually, there's enough people willing to vote for impeachment. And that's only going to happen with public support of people voting in uh, elected officials that will take that stance. Okay, well, there's, there's two problems with that yes. that, I, I think, that I think I should probably address. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one first. Uh, there's a Republican majority in Congress, and I think it's two-thirds or three-quarters needed to impeach. Yes. Right? Won't have too many problems with the Democrats. The Republicans are terrified of their base. 
If they, you, you remember we were talking about, I think it was last week, we were talking about how the, the Republican Party is basically Trump's now. That they, the, the people, the voters who voted for Trump, Republicans, conservatives, however you want to look at it, there's a very large segment of them who are more loyal to Donald Trump than they are to the Republican Party. Absolutely. Okay? So they have got to be terrified. There's so many layers to this. I mean, God, I don't even know how to, how to begin this. But, well, I mean, just, just as an example, we saw the governor's primary race just recently in Michigan, and there's three candidates that were just elbowing each other out of the way trying to suck Trump's dick. Every, they, they, were, they were running on, I support Trump. It's and nationwide. That's what, and that's what people are looking to vote on. I want to vote for somebody who's exactly. going to support our president. Right. It's exactly right. And it's nationwide. The primaries around the country, I think most of the Republican primaries went to Trump people. So why, if that's the case, Republicans in Congress, if it comes to impeachment, even if, say, the Mueller investigation, they find everything they're looking for, and they have this, this, this treasure trove of information leading to uh, impeachment or articles of impeachment. It has to be voted on, okay? In, in fact, I think even the articles of impeachment to open the proceedings, I think that has to be voted on right. at some point. Republicans hold a majority in Congress. They are never, I don't care what happens, short of Donald Trump sitting naked, masturbating in front of a picture of Rosie O'Donnell with Vladimir Putin peeing on his nose. Anything short of that, there is nothing that's going to convince Trump supporters that this investigation is on the level. Nothing. Republicans know that. Well, even that. I mean, that video is produced by George Soros. He hired out ILM to <laughs> digitally create this situation. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then, and then remember, too, impeachment, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean he, he won't be president. See Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was impeached. Right. He right. finished well, his term. It, it, beyond, right. I mean, there's so, we, can take that, we can take that all the way down this, this road if you want to. My, my, the, my point is, what is the point then of leaking the information? You're not, gonna, you're not going to convince anyone of anything at this point. He has to know that. He's got right. to know that. He's, if anything, right. if he's so, leaking this information to Avenetti, he's making the situation worse because everybody else on that side who voted for Trump and supports Trump is digging their heels in ever deeper with, to the chance of fake news, deep state. Okay. Well, I'll argue to your point then. Maybe it's just some red meat for the base because th- maybe there's the feeling that... Uh, Who's base? Pe- pe- people are getting worn out on this Trump thing, right? That they're just Who's acquiescing. Ba- oh, well, let's just... Like all this... Who's base? Who can, who can follow to the, to the liberal base of people who want to see Trump out of office? If, if Robert Mueller... It's, it's, if it's Robert Mueller giving is, some information it, it, out there like, hey, we're doing that. Hey, don't worry. I know we can't reveal all of this stuff just yet, but there are things going on here. And here's a little leak to prove that we're making progress. If that's the case, if you're saying that Robert Mueller is fallaciating the liberal base, then you've just basically acknowledged everything the right's been saying about this investigation. Yeah. So what Neat. is the help me out here? So what is the advantage then? Well, I, I'd I like mean, to believe I'd I, like to I believe have another option. Yeah, I'd like to believe that the man isn't just basically on a political witch hunt. I want to believe that. I don't have a choice to believe that. We have to have some faith in the institutions, or we, we may as well go gun buying this weekend together, kids. Right. So I'm gonna, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't see any benefit for his credibility moving forward 
He has. This is where the credibility thing you were chatting about earlier, Chris, this is where it matters. It doesn't matter in court. It matters with the people. There has got to be credibility because the people who are voting on this man, if it does come to impeachment, have to worry about their base. They have to worry about their constituents getting reelected. So beyond that, let's take the Mueller thing out of it. Let's, let's just pretend that we have faith in our institutions for just a minute, and he's not leaking this to, to sort of lather up the liberal base. What is Avenetti doing in this investigation? That's a very how, good question. <laughs> how the fuck is he involved? How is he getting information? Why is he getting information? Who the fuck is this guy? Who the hell does he think he is? Well, I mean, I get the, uh, this case I get seems to be an into the business dealings of Michael Cohen in general. For I, I think, I don't know, nobody knows because he hasn't revealed, but nobody knows where he's getting the, this information on all these business dealings for Michael Cohen's company. But what does is, that have to do with Stormy is, Daniels? Because that's where the money came from that's, that was paid to Stormy Daniels. I thought, well, Trump it already admitted to the giving, same company. giving him a, a retainer, a hefty retainer that went to that. I mean, Trump basically admitted to paying it. Right. The well, yeah, that's interesting. The business like, beyond that. Th- this whole Giuliani fiasco over the last two weeks of everyone thinking that this guy is like off his rocker. And Trump having to come out and say, oh, Giuliani's just misinformed when he's, he's talking about who knew what of, uh, about when the money was paid, how it was paid. But I kind of think it's genius now <laughs> what they did because the fear here was that they would, that Michael Cohen would be hit with a campaign finance violation by paying this money in order to influence the election. Right. And that would, then possibly cause him to flip on some of the shadier business dealings that he's done for Trump. Right. And so, so Giuliani comes out there and he's like, look, this is probably not even the only person that, that, Aven- that uh, Michael Cohen has paid off for Trump. So he's basically saying this is just one in a number of, you know, for whatever reason, whether they were trying to extort Trump or He's just trying to keep something secret that he actually did. This is just normal. Uh, this is just a day in the life of being a millionaire. What is, let me ask you. you right? Let me ask you this. I mean, maybe your, your constitutional understanding is a little bit better than mine. But if, if Trump had shady business dealings before he was president, is that impeachable? No, because he wasn't president. Well, um, impeachment has to be something that happened while you were president. To be well, impeached. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think we, because the only way that we have a hard definitions on what's impeachable is by trying it, right? That's the only no, way we, we, we test the limits of, of, uh, of the laws in this country. I think there are guidelines. I think there, there has to be some sort of guidelines for impeachment. I, do, I, do, I don't know this for sure. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm asking. Well, I mean, I mean is, impeachment I, is based on whether you're fit for office or not, right? I'm pretty no, sure it's based on some, it's the 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 statute I, I, that I know concept. Of, it's high crimes and misdemeanors, and I, I'm, I'm I think pretty, while you're in office, I'm pretty sure they can impeach you for things done on the campaign trail. Can't right? They? I I don't know because that's considered because I I remember when the when the the very first well, okay I remember the morning after the election the impeachment talk started and. The first thing everyone said is everyone who was wanting him impeached, like, I mean, has a fucking tip drip with a rock hard dick wanting him impeached. 
was like, the fix had to be in. Something had to happen. There's no way we were this wrong in all our polling, all our exit polling mm-hmm. and all this. He had to collude with Russia somehow. And if we can nail him on that, we can get him impeached. And these were people who were high up in politics who I would assume know what they're talking about. So there has to be some sort of precedent where maybe it's, maybe it's the collusion with another country is what would do it. I don't know, but I just remember hearing over and over and over again. That was the first rumblings of impeachment, and that's what they were going to get him on. I'm reading this thing that Chris just sent about uh, legal standard and procedure. This is long. I'm not going to get through this before the end. <laughs> uh, did you read it, Chris? Did you scroll through it at all? I am currently skimming. Skim through and see if you see anything in there that, that uh, addresses the election process, the campaign, the run-up to the election, or anything that happened prior. Because Nixon was impeached for the Watergate break-in during his term. He was, it was the run-up to his re-election, I think, if I remember right. And Clinton obviously was in office, and he was impeached for the crime of perjury. Yeah. Right? He wasn't impeached for a blowjob. He was impeached because he lied about it under oath. Now, whether you like it or not, whether it's worthwhile or not, that's what the charge was. Well, I, but, and this is just an interesting note. I, I wish we could all be around in 100 years because I'm pretty sure in 100 years the story's going to go, he was impeached because he got a blowjob. Because if you ask, if you ask, <laughs> if you ask people, I, I guarantee you they would go, oh, because he fucked that intern in the Oval Office. Isn't that why he was impeached? <laughs> they would have no idea yeah. that it was about perjury. Right. I don't know. I, I, this is something that I think that uh, we're so blinded by the day-to-day drama of all this that I don't know how many people have actually thought this through. What are you gonna, how are you going, to, let alone the after effects of an impeachment, which we've already talked about on several shows, but how, what if, if you're dealing with his pre-election business dealings, why wasn't he prosecuted then? Why wasn't he investigated then? Where was the why grand don't... jury? You know, my only guess, and it's wild and reckless speculation on my part, is that they didn't think he was going to win. No, I mean, I mean, even before this, I'm, I'm talking even he's been in, in business in New York City and all over the country and the world for decades. Oh, oh, well, I mean, how does how does any businessman avoid saying I, I, it's it's a rhetorical question? I just I, I I'm. Uh, something just something stinks. You know, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say but, this, but his dealings said, with Russia go back before he ever started running for president, and that's been no. It's just been they haven't been able to prove anything that they did try. They, there wasn't. A, they could have proven it. I mean, if they can prove it now, they could have proven it then. And if it was known that he was having these dealings in Russia and they were so nefarious, why weren't they investigated then? And what? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll up that one more. Uh, if they, if these business dealings in Russia, which are huge and were known, why weren't they investigated before the election? Why weren't they per, uh, properly vetted before? Why now? And I understand that nobody expected him to win. I understand that aspect of it, but it seems like a, a colossal failure on somebody's part. If these, if these business dealings were so illegal, there's a colossal institutional failure that's been going on for decades then. Yes. When you, well, I, yeah, when, I, <laughs> it's hard well, to argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't, yeah, that's, you just said it exactly right, Todd. And that's, that's, that's a major problem we have in this country. Right, but. I think, I think one of. Well, I, I, but I'm, I'm not disagreeing, but I come to a different conclusion because it's, I understand that even a successful prosecution of 
president of the president doesn't mean he's going to be removed from office. I still want to see this happen. I've said this before, and, once before, and I think I can't remember if I said it during a pre-show or if I said it on 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 the show. I understand the desire to to get this man out of office. I really do, but I think at this point you're you're wishing upon a fucking star. You've I have a desire for needs, truth. They, really. they, Yes. The yes. truth ain't com- gotta- the truth the truth ain't coming out anytime soon. You just have to fucking no. you just have has- to deal with that. The process has to be done right. It has to be done pristinely. And it has to, to happen, be done it takes almost time. it almost has to be perfect. And I agree. I'm I'm with you there, Aaron. I yeah. want to see if it, it, I want to see this investigated. I want to see it come out. I want to know the truth, yeah. right or wrong. But, whether he right. deserves to be impeached or not, I want to know what happened. But I, it needs the process needs right. and, to and, be and, almost saintly, right? And I see where you're coming now from from the aspect of these documents ending up in Michael Avenetti's hands. Yeah, like this this is working against the cause of having a chance of removing this man from office. Yeah, and well, it's also. It's also throwing kerosene on that fire that we talked about. That even if you even if you impeach him, and 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 it doesn't succeed, the division again, the isolation, the cavern, the chasm between right. the two sides of this country is going is going to grow exponentially worse. Right, the success is not measured in just impeaching him, but impeaching him impeachably, <laughs> uh, impeachably you know, impeaching him. Or right yeah. to to do it and not make him a martyr. Right. I just, that would be the so, ultimate goal. Or not make I have yourself an answer for you guys. Men, or not make not. yourself more of an enemy. Yeah. Is it a mess, Chris? The answer I have for you may not be satisfying. Of course. But from, yeah, from anything What's I've that? read that looks like it's worth the shit, you know, Reddit not included, uh, there is no definitive answer on whether a president can be impeached on stuff that he did before he was in office. Yeah, uh, but there is a second part to the impeachment process uh, where they have to convict him. And while two presidents have been impeached, none have ever been convicted. Nixon and it's a, Yeah. Yeah. And it says even if Democrats retake the House, they still need to come up with a case strong enough to convince two-thirds of the Senate to actually convict him. Now, right. you want to it's, a, it's never do, been tested do. if you could actually send, what, policemen, FBI, into the office and put cuffs on the president and drag him out. You're you're not going to do that. That's a criminal proceeding, for one thing. That has nothing to do with impeachment. Impeachment doesn't mean you go to jail. Impeachment is removing you from office. So nobody's going to come into the White House and arrest him. He's just going to be, you're done, get out. And then the legal proceedings, if there are any, will will feel like a grand jury and and a prosecutor and all that will have to take place after he's removed. This This isn't putting the man in jail. It's removing him from the Oval Office. No, I, I understand, but, but I mean, it's never been tested. What if the president just says, no, you can't impeach me? You do not have that <laughs> power. I'll be I watching mean, a, At some point, I'll it's a test of power. Or something. <laughs> I'll and be if, if a president was, was yeah. uh, stubborn enough, and Trump just might be, then it might come down to somebody has to go in there and cuff the man and remove him from the Oval Office. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. ultimately, this is, this is all just <laughs> thought experiment. Yeah. Well, hold on for a second. Because, let me let me just do one one follow up real quick. I don't want to uh, take away from what you were going to say there, but if you could do me a favor, Chris, if you're at the computer, check out Cong- or, uh, the House of Representatives and check out what the balance is right now between Republican and Democrat. You need two thirds of that, right? Yes. See what the difference is between see what you need for two thirds 
and see what you have for Republicans and see what the difference that you would have to do to get from where the Democrats are right now to getting two-thirds. How many Republicans do you have to swing to actually get to two-thirds in the House of Representatives? I'd, I'd love to see that number because the House is heavily Republican. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and, and they're going to need more than a 3% gain exactly. to accomplish that. Yeah, exactly. a, lot, a lot more. Sorry, that's why, that's why I say ultimately I'm with you guys. I want the truth. I want it to come out. But if you vote them out in 2020, I'm going to rest a lot easier while they're looking for the fucking truth. And that's, that's what, that's what, that, this is, this is what I'm worried about. Impeachment gets people excited. It's, it, there's, there's, whether or not he goes to jail or not does not matter in the minds of the average person who hates him. It's, they want to see him voted off the show. They want to see him voted off the show. Exactly. And (laughs) if, if you, if you, if you put all your eggs in that basket and you, you spend all your time fucking harping on that instead of, I don't know, actually going out and winning votes, getting this massive base of young people who run the world because they, they're, they're the most internet savvy people. You get the David Hogg bunch to fucking vote for a change. That, that'll do something more than sitting around all this hand wringing and playing fucking what if with impeachment. Mm-hmm. But it's not as sexy. No. It goes and back the, to... Know, hey, Todd, to answer to, your question, you have to flip 90 Republicans. 90 to get to two-thirds. Yes. Good luck. Like I said, yeah. ultimately, it's That's just... What, like it's, 15%? It's too much, it's too much uh, work. How many representatives yeah, are there again? It's 435. Well, technically, sit, right now, there's 429 at six vacancies. It's easier okay. to sit and wish upon a star that he's going to get impeached than it is to go out and actually fucking put the work in... Yeah, hold that thought for a second. To get him out of bring, office. bring us back there if I forget. So there, there's 435 in the House of Representatives. What's, let me, I have mine. By the way, Aaron, that's uh, 21%. Oh, it's 21%, okay. That far. What is? Tw- 21% is what? The, the 90 is, is 21% of 435. What, they, they were only polling at 15% up uh, at the highest, I think, and now down to 3%. So, yeah. Yeah, so you need 287. If there's 435 and you need two-thirds, you need 287 uh, yes votes for impeachment in the House of Representatives, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, and I guess there are, there are how many Democrats right now? 193. It, every time we, we talk about Trump and Russia and all this stuff, it, it comes down to what, what matters. Does this matter? Does that matter? Is this going to make a difference? And I, I, I guess maybe it depends on what definition you want to go with for for what matters like if your definition is it matters because it's going to help remove trump from office well then no probably most of the stuff that we are hearing about doesn't matter if it matters just because the truth always matters then yeah it it all matters it's all a part of the the bigger puzzle you know what are these documents about transactions that Michael Cohen had to ultimately tell us? Nothing on their own, but you know that's the that's the one corner piece that you were looking for forever that maybe helps you put together the bigger picture. So it all matters, but there's a bigger definition. Like I was thinking about this earlier, watching a stupid commercial for a Windows tablet, and this girl's like telling her she's going to school to be a doctor and all that stuff, and she wants to create these presentations because she wants to convince people that what she's doing matters. And my response to that was like, well, if it mattered, you wouldn't have to convince anyone, right? 
they would just see it. If it mattered, like if it mattered enough that you were curing diseases or helping people or just saving individuals, that's evident in its own. You don't have to convince people that something matters. So well, I don't know. You should add the qualifier of to me. It matters to me. Well, if you were to uh, let's put it this way, if you were to say the you know the the uh, soliloquy that you just gave us a moment ago about truth, yes. if you were to take that over and give that to a hardcore Trump supporter in that context, you would have to convince him that it mattered. You see, we've gotten to that point. Yeah, yeah I wanted to bring up the fact that if, you brought up the truth matters, and we've clearly made a decision as a group that facts and truth. Do not matter anymore. Yeah, well, that no, decision I mean, as a group is, is, is that's that's a bunch of horseshit. I mean, in in any rational conversation and discussion, the truth matters. Now, we may not be having that rational conversation and discussion. That much is true, and I think we'd all agree on that. But it does still matter. Moving forward, if you want any sort of a future, any sort of a future. I mean, Donald Trump is going to be a historical footnote at some point. The damage being done today, right now is not going to be a historical footnote moving forward. And that's why the, the truth matters. So, I mean, yeah, there's also the possibility of a Trump presidency making our democracy stronger. Well, we also have, the truth does yeah. matter, but the problem is on the far end of political spectrum, we have two. Welcome to the dark web conversation. Thank you very much. We have, we <laughs> well, have, we have, we have yeah. two, we have two groups who have put, thrown up walls to block yes. truth. And on the right, yes, I it's think. fake news. And on the left, it used to, it still is. It's shifting. I, I just, I've noticed this in like the last couple of weeks listening to people talk about things. It's went from my truth. I think they got such a blowback from the, you know, the whole to tell your truth. I want you to tell your truth mm-hmm. that they're now, they've, they're slowly starting to change to, I'm going to tell this truth. There is no, there's more Christ. than one. It's all Alternate facts. You articulated what I failed to, Rich. Thank you. Me running. Jesus Christ. They're 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 co-opting. And eh, what the fuck's her name? Ah, the fucking press secretary. The the batshit uh, one. Kathy. No. Um, Huckabee Sanders. Huckabee Sanders. No, 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 no. Not the not the uh, the alternate truth, bitch. Oh, Kelly Conway. Kelly this Ann truth Conway. is a, is a, a direct synonym for alternate <laughs> My facts. truth. Yes. Alt- yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing. That's 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 the that's the new way of putting that on the left. It's it, I, none of this is new. There's nothing I new under the sun. A fucking puppy right now. A cute puppy. Put it in front of me so I can just grab it by the neck. Oh wait, I have this little thing. I have this little doll that I got. A Zapatista doll that I got down in Mexico. I'm going to strangle it here. So if you hear a pop, it's just its little neck. <laughs> How the fuck can you do this to yourself? How can you sit there and come up with direct? parallels to lines that you were condemning a year ago how can you intellectually have that much lack of dignity because it's no law we go through it every week it's not about right it's not about wrong it's not about honor it's not about being rational or logical it's about winning at all costs and when that is put above everything else then all the gamesmanship is on the table and any type of fucking reality any type of nuance what how pick what whatever word you want go out the window because that's just in the way of me winning and i have to win at all costs because that's the game it's a zero but here's the thing it's a zero sum game and that's what i'm tired of fucking this country playing they think that for them to win someone else has to lose something 
So I'm going to, the only way I win is if I take something from you. Play a non-zero-sum game where you both win. We create something. Instead of moving around fucking pieces, but never, never adding to the situation. Yeah. Or worse yet, destroying pieces out of pure pettiness. Like think, think, think of the movie, the, the, the Usual Suspects, the story of Kaiser Soze. What did he do when they, when they walked in and threatened his family? He walked in, he walked in, they had him at gunpoint, had his wife and kids at gunpoint, said, we're going to kill him if you don't do what we say. And he took his gun out and he looked at his kids and his wife said, I love you all, and he blew their brains out and said, now what? That's what they rather do than lose. That's, and they have the will to do it. Both sides, they've proven it time and time again. They'll slaughter everybody just to not, so you won't win. If they see that they can't win, they'll drag everyone down with them. And that mentality gets us nowhere. Oh, it gets us somewhere. It gets well, us somewhere. Nowhere good. Nowhere we it's, nowhere that we truthfully yeah. want to go. You know, it's like these people who who are really pushing, you know, the the division of the races. You know, people of color on one side, all white people on the other. You people don't realize what you're asking for. You are stoking the fires of a race war that ain't going to turn out the way you think it is. What is the 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 the, the demographic breakdown? Of white men in this country. Well, white people in this country, last time I looked, were 64%. You split Stand that. By. So that's about 32%. Because it's about, well, 31%. 51% women in this country, 49% men. So if you split right. 64% up along those demographics, you get 31% this country are white men. What demographic? What is there a larger demographic than that? No. Anyway. Uh, well, white women by your Well, yeah, your well, numbers. well. Yeah, yeah, only, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only by a percent. I'm just playing. I'm just. I'm just playing the let's tr- let's divide everybody up into little camps game and trying to see. I'm trying to figure out how you think that is a tactically wise move in warfare to alienate and make enemies of the largest group in the country you're fighting. Right. Well, Todd, I got I got I got even better news for you. The the given that white women are going to jump on the side. That's exactly opposite, where I was just going to go. That's exactly white, where I was going to go. Opposite of white men yeah, isn't as there. much of a given anymore. The left is now pushing, the far left is now, the SJW bunch is now pushing this thing called white feminism. Yep. And you're bad for it. White yep. feminism is you only care about women issues that affect you as a white woman. It's not intersectional feminism. It's not connected to everything else. Yeah. So you need to shut up and let people of color talk over you. These are the TERFs? Mm-hmm. Is that what they call them? I don't fucking know. There's I saw that term for the, same, the, for the first time today. I saw people writing and bitching about white women crying as an act of aggression. Yes. <laughs> TERFs are trans-exclusionary radical Feminist, right? Those are. This is not what we're talking. We're talking about black feminists, okay? Hispanic, Latina, or Latina feminists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I mean, this is the left eating itself and slowly creating enemies out of allies. Yeah. And here's the thing: the right is just laying back in the buckwheat. It's all they have to do. This is what the right used to do. The right used to divide up Catholic, Protestant. Uh, you know, oh, Baptist, are you Southern or first? Because it, it all matters. Yeah. You don't worship my God the way I worship my God, so you're wrong. Now the left is doing this with this identity politics bullshit as their fucking, as their Jesus. And they've split yep. up into all these different groups. And what they don't realize <laughs> is that Jeez. you're going to fuck yourself in the end. Divide and conquer. I told a guy, uh, this dude that I used to have these, um, knock down, drag out, circular gun control conversations when I was uh, really anti-gun a few years ago. Uh, 
that all he has to do, now he's not, I wouldn't consider him a dogmatic Republican. He has left-leaning beliefs on some issues. He would vote for a Democrat, a sensible one. He just can't find one. <laughs> but I told him uh, a few weeks ago, and I've told several people this. You may have seen it on my Facebook page. You just, you know, the, the, all you have to do now, if you're a conservative, is just shut the fuck up and let the far extreme left do the ideological heavy lifting for you. Let them make assholes of themselves. You don't have to do it. The only thing, the only responsibility you have, if you want to sort of move forward with conservative uh, values or however you want to look at it, uh, win more power, I guess, for conservatives, is just not be an extremist batshit nut like these guys. That's all you have to do now. If you can even manage to sound sensible, not move, you don't have to come to the left. You just have to sound sensible. Right. And you're going to be. You have to put on a suit and comb your hair. It's it's it, and just shut the fuck up. We we are thirty years removed from the group that was seen, rightfully so, as wanting to stifle free speech as Christian conservatives. Now, if you ask anyone who isn't an, an, an ideological retard, what group poses the biggest threat to freedom of speech? It's the SJWs. Oh, by far. And. I mean, like one of the, there's a group, I'm going to, I'm going to plug a group on Facebook. It's an interesting group. If, if, if you listen to this podcast, you'll probably be interested in this group. It's called Why Did USJW That? And people post links from other sites and, and, and places on Facebook where people are, are, are up in arms, what they call left book, you know, the, the SJW safe havens on Facebook. And one of the things that's been making the rounds is, is Bruno Mars culturally appropriating black music? <laughs> and of all people, Sean King, Mr. Talcum X himself, comes out and fucking he goes, what do you want? Okay, so what music is this man allowed to play? How many grunts is he allowed to put into a song? And uh, is he able to put in a song until he's appropriating James Brown? <laughs> if he plays guitar, is he appropriating Prince? I mean, and this is... He's it, half black, so he can only be 50% funky. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, this is, this, these are the type of issues that <laughs> this group is, they post it. Now, there's, there's, of course, infighting in the group because you do get people who come in to fucking start shit in a group like any place else. It's the internet. It's my first day, if you don't know that. Um, but it's interesting because it's mostly you just watch people rip themselves apart the, who are on the same side ideologically. They just disagree about this one issue. And you can literally watch people be, and I hate to use this term, but it's so apt. It's been, it's been co-opted by a certain element on the right, and it pisses me off. But you can actually, I don't mean it in the way that when they say red-pilled, but you can actually watch people like come to realize, wait a minute, we're arguing and ripping ourselves apart over Bruno fucking Mars? Right. Are you fucking serious? And then those people get shunned because how dare you fucking say that? It all matters. It's the Anita Sarkeesian shit. The, the story that, that, that really made me dig into SJWs. The first time I ever heard that term was like the second episode I did with you guys, and you brought it up about Gamergate. And I went and started looking up Anita Sarkeesian. This bitch is nuts. She's up there at a fucking at, at a Comic-Con panel talking about everything's racist, everything's sexist, everything's homophobic, everything's Islamophobic, and you have to call it out at all times. And it's just like... That's the attitude of these people. You know, speaking of cultural appropriation, that Twitter was blowing up over the, uh, what is it, the Met Gala? I don't even know what this event is. All I know is that 
like once a year I see a bunch of pictures of celebrities dressing up for some theme. And I'm not even sure what they're doing at this place. But this year's theme Selling was... sex slaves, children of sex slaves. Uh, I started seeing all these pictures of celebrities <laughs> dressed like the Pope. Oh, yeah. And so I guess their, their theme was the Catholic Church or something like that. And there's... There were people who, whether they were trolling or they were honestly believing this, were like, well, this is cultural appropriation. You're, you're appropriating but, but my Catholic we, culture. But if we want to be consistent, it is. You, right. you couldn't do that no. with any other religion. You couldn't oh, do that but, with Judaism. If you want to be but consistently let, retarded, But let me yes. tell you why it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I'm just yes, saying, explain to you me can do it with any yes. male. Dude, it's not hey, cultural dude, appropriation hey, because you can all... Muslim. Quit yelling. Wait, you are, you are so fucking See loud. how that goes. Quit yelling. Quit yelling. It's loud. <laughs> you, here's, here's why it's not. Because you can only appropriate... Uh, you can only uh, negatively appropriate someone's culture if you are in some sort of position of power over them. And the Catholic Church is a very powerful organization. So they're, they're fair game. The old only white people can be racist because they have all the power. Black people can't because they have no right. power. That old fucking trope gets. It can all be racist as to whether the racism matters or not. That's that's the problem. <sighs> I can't. Yes, I, I can't see do that. It. And I have a friend. I have a friend who's very, 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 very Catholic. And when he started throwing around, you're appropriating the Catholic culture. I said, you understand. You're using the very language that you call people snowflake and cucks for using. But because it's about your team, because mm-hmm. it's about the Yankees. And you hate in the you're gonna you're gonna adapt what the Red Sox well, are doing. I think there's a I think but you hate them when they do it. I think it's less about that they honestly believe that, and more about they feel this is a way to point out the left's hypocrisy. I but I, I agree there are people that are that like that. I don't agree that that's the most. <laughs> I don't think that's the majority. Majority, I don't think think that. You think they're honestly offended? They're offended. They're Twitter offended. Right, they're Twitter offended. Right, it, it doesn't affect their lives. It's who, first world bullshit. You know, gets upset about a Halloween costume. Exactly. Exactly. You no, know, the whole the thing with this is that I, I keep coming back to, and I, I can't do this cultural appropriation conversation. I just can't. It's one of the stupidest things I think I've ever heard. I've got a shawl out there that I bought down in, down in Cusco. This little hooded thing, you know, like the it's like a. A big blanket with a hood in the top of it, and you wear it over the top of you. You probably all seen those, right? I bought one of those down there because I liked it. I wanted to give the woman money, and the motherfucker's warm. I wear it a lot. So apparently, I'm culturally appropriating Peru as I walk around my basement trying to keep warm. All right. well, fuck these people. Well, well first of, 20, of all, you're, and what's you're funny cultural- is twenty years ago you were celebrating diversity. Now you're culturally appropriating. Yeah. Ding ding. Yeah. We're all we're wrong. all culturally appropriating just by using English. And, for, and we live in Michigan, like everything's named after an Indian around here. Right, right, or French. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, that's true. Well, I, okay, look, hey, by we, the way, we all, we all, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. Well, just to answer your question, about a little over a third of the U.S. population is white males, and about 70% of the U.S. population is white. So Okay, so 70%, let, let me go back to that, because you nailed something right on the nail, or right, right on the head, Rich. About uh, white, I was talking about the white men and wanting to alienate that that group, right? White women didn't even win. Hillary didn't even win white women in the election. I think white women went to Trump, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm they wrong. They sure did. I have that. Uh, in my, it, thank you. According to the Women's March signs I've seen, yes, they did. They did. So, how many of them 
are going to be in Mr. White Man camp here. A whole hell of a lot. And the further the left goes to, towards batshittery, the more are going to be joining in this little alienated group that you're demonizing. You're building an opposition army. Well, that's why they have to, con- they have to continually come up with new, I almost want to, I want to call it like sub-boogeymen. Like there's the, the ultimate it, boogeyman, the, the Nazi, the white nationalist, the alt-right. And then there's like the, all these subgroups. And like, okay, the, the attack from the, the incel, the involuntary celibate guy, mm-hmm. that's, oh God, that's, that's, that, that's the far left's new boogeyman. I've seen, uh, this lady yeah, tweeted yeah. out, what about all you tech companies that have a bunch of incels working for you who are just waiting to do what this man did? What are you going to do about it? And I'm like, yeah. shut the fuck up, cunt. How about yeah. that? How about how about you throw these fucking one of these guys a blowjob and make yourself useful for a change instead of yeah. fucking? First of all, this this pisses me off because the term incel first started getting used as far as I saw around the time of the forty year old virgin the movie come out, and it was to describe men just like Stephen. Uh, what's his name? Stephen Forty Over. Stephen Carell. Steve Carell. Dude, Carrell, I never heard Steve that Carrell. shit till this year. I didn't either. Last year. <laughs> yeah. It was an online thing. It was it was in, in, in a couple forums I was in. Like It's a 4chan thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It, they would throw it around like, you fucking incel can't get any pussy. We'll go play your fucking video games, you 50-year-old fuck. You know, shit like that. Yeah. And then I guess, a, I mean, when we, okay, guys, I, 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 I dipped my toe into this pool and went looking. And we are talking maybe a few thousand hardcore, very angry people. Are like we're taking that term back. It's like it's like they're like Randall and Clerks too. It, Poor Chunky, I'm taking it back. That seem to honestly believe in sexual socialism. Exactly, and all all and these are if these thousands of people. And I mean, you go to forums and you see the member count, and it's two thousand. Go to another forum, it's a couple hundred. Some forums have a, a few dozen members. That's it, and they're just. You know, all these bitches, they say they want a good man, but they always turn a good man down and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, they're ranting and raving. If it wasn't that, they would find something else to rant and rave about. They're, right. These are just sick, demented people. We have them in our society. It's the price we pay for civilization. And yeah. to sit there uh-huh. and act like they're this huge underground grassroots sub-movement that's coming up through the right wing... That's, that wants death to all women is absolute bullshit and is giving them way too much credit. And you know what you're doing? You're being the best recruiter for them you can be. Because mm-hmm. I all, heard this that they are a product of your toxic masculinity. That you you are responsible personally for allowing this behavior to happen. Exactly. You know what yeah. you, you said? Something really just it made me laugh when you said it. it. Reminded me of a thought I had a few days ago when you said they're trying to socialize sexuality, right? Getting pussy. Trying right. to socialize it, right? They're trying. What they're trying to do is exactly what the far left's trying to do with uh, uh, turning equality, you know, equal opportunity into equality and outcome. They want to be able to get just as much pussy as anybody else, while half of the ideology of the far left is sort of socializing the outcomes in absolutely every aspect of life. But it's the I, same thing. something. Something I have to say, and I, I, I guess. Fuck it, I'm sticking up for him on this one tiny aspect. Is a lot of, from what I read from these this group of people, a lot of the backlash is because of the 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 hardcore third wave feminist rhetoric that's been thrown in their face in the last five ten years. Shit like there's no such thing as the friend zone. 
it's just guys who think they're owed sex because they were nice to a woman. Okay, first of all, if a guy is just after sex, we have the amount of bullshit we'll put up with. And if you don't put out, there's there's far, far less high-maintenance women to get pussy from. We will move on. Friend zone is simply unrequited love. One person's in love with another person that doesn't feel the same way. That person values the person who's in love with them's friendship, doesn't want to hurt their feelings, but it's never going to go anywhere. That's the friend zone. But somehow that... that, these 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 really no, bitter it, angry. When it happens to a woman, it's a movie script. When it happens to a guy, it's creepy and on the news. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 these guys bristled against that type of bullshit coming from these hardcore feminists. And these hardcore feminists, they they don't like they don't. I I really believe they don't want to win. They'll take their little victories in battles here and there, but they don't want to win the war because then they have no purpose in life. Yeah, they're not and a victim per- anymore. Exactly. Their purpose in life is to constantly fucking be snarky cunts from the sideline. And if they can't do that and they don't have a, a, a stated enemy, they will create one from their own ranks. And that's what we're starting to see now because you were exactly right, Todd. You got the people who get really pissed off and speak out against them and might get on a podcast and say it. And then you got a very large, silent majority who just go, who gives a fuck what these nutty cunts think? Yeah, fuck them. Not voting, not voting for them. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Find a, a spin cycle and a pulsating shower head and get happy, bitch. I don't know what to tell you. Get some cats. Yeah. This all, I you mean, know, I was trying to, I was trying to take this back to the uh, intellectual dark web stuff uh, a few minutes ago yeah. because I think this all ties into that. Because we, again, I'm going to reiterate: if you're a first time, if you're new and just joining the thousands upon thousands of unregimented listeners at ChristopherMedia.net, if you're brand new, the four of us are not politically aligned. It may sound like we are, but we're not. Aaron, you you consider yourself, or did consider yourself, I don't know where you're at now, you consider yourself pretty liberal. You were a lot more liberal than I was a few years ago. I was on the left end. Uh, Rich, I think you probably would consider yourself, with apologies, a libertarian. And Chris, you're a conservative, right? Eh, I like to think I'm more in the middle. I'm the, the, the filthy centrist. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But I... No, I mean, it, it, maybe it's not right now. Let, let's leaning. talk traditionally. Let's, leaning, let's, yeah. talk, let, let's talk traditionally where you... No, I'll say I was brought up in a conservative household. I'll, I'll cop to that. Yeah. Todd, can I, let, me, can, let, me, let, me, let me just for one sec say something. Yeah. It doesn't really matter where we're at on the political scale. That's where I was the going. The point is <laughs> that we're yeah. all sitting down talking to each other, having a discussion instead of right. pity, p- going... Oh, you disagree with me well, on this? You're my enemy. I mean, th- this whole intellectual dark web thing is, is it's evident right in the name. Like, why? Why is this the dark web? Why are they? Well, somebody. What makes some, what makes these people the the dark? Like, you shouldn't go there. No, you know why? Like, it's because the, these are these are people. These are heretics. These are ideological heretics that have been purged from the institutions, pur- purged from mainstream media, so to speak. Right. People. That's why it's dark web. It's sort of dark, dangerous, and mysterious. It's not the norm. It's not not acceptable conversation. Todd, I sent you an article near the, I want to say it was near the end of April, about from uh, BigThink.com. That was about the quote-unquote intellectual dark web. And if I remember, it's either that article or another article about it I looked up after reading that. Basically, it's a, it's a pejorative term. To label people, and it, it stemmed. It sounds from, like conspiracy theory. It's st- exactly. It right? stemmed from 
the, it stemmed from, or it started gaining a lot more traction after the Sam Harris, Ben Affleck, Bill Maher argument. Right. Because Sam Harris stayed calm, mm-hmm. kept making his points, where Ben Affleck... They were talking about Muslims. Not, yeah, went yeah. off the rails yeah. and was like, you're racist. And Sam Harris yeah. said something very calm and quietly that most people who watched that live and own, never went back and watched the clip again missed, which is he said, what are you talking about? Muslims aren't a race. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I think the people that heard Sam Harris say that went... Ding, the light went on. And <laughs> yep. I think the people who were just like, wow, Ben Affleck's so passionate. You're racist for thinking that everyone in the Middle East is Muslim. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, think, I, think it was a, I think it was a term that they said, well, if you're going to fucking label us that, it's better than alt-right. So let's get out ahead of this thing as much as we can mm-hmm. and say, fine, yeah, we are the intellectual dark web. Why? Because we're, we're not beholden to any ideology. We're open to yeah. all ideas. We're open to discussion. And we will discuss it in a very heated manner between ourselves. But, but at the end of the day, we all have respect for each other. You're not going to call each other names. You're not going. It's, it's about issues. And, yeah, like you said, you can sit down and have a beer with them and talk about other things when you're done. You haven't judged the human being as a person based on a, a, a tiny, min, minuscule disagreement in philosophy that I think is a, is a, that's what I keep reading about from the people that have been sort of, um, in, I don't know if encamped underneath that sort of umbrella label. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the one thing that they keep saying is that, you know, we can talk about them. We're not afraid to talk about taboo, uh, subjects. We're not afraid to talk about things that are maybe a lot of other people, especially if you were an ideologically faithful human being would consider dangerous. This is the thing about Jordan Peterson. He's not a right-wing nut job. I've seen nothing, nothing from him that indicates he's anything near an alt-right guy. He's saying a lot of stuff that just makes a lot of fucking sense. And it's outside of the left-right dialectic. And I think that scares the living shit out of people, especially the far left. Because I think they're afraid that if people get exposed to him too much, they're going to say, they're going to sort of see the, the ridiculousness coming from that camp. I think he scares people to death. That's the only thing that I can think of. Well, there's there's the interesting fact that he grew up in a very conservative Christian home in Canada. Yeah. And and yeah. it's amazing that any article who is looking to passive aggressively slam him or outright slander him puts that in the first couple paragraphs. Any mm-hmm. article that is either in support of him or takes a very non-committal view and just presents the who what where when why and how about him yeah it's either buried in the article or it's not mentioned at all because he doesn't adhere to those beliefs anymore he it doesn't matter i was raised southern baptist would you call me a fucking flag bearer for the southern baptist religion only behind I'm, your I'm, back i'm sorry what only behind your back i have a couple of times <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it, it doesn't matter what, what, what fairy tales your parents told you when you were growing up. If you go, if you grow up and reject them, it doesn't Just matter. Doesn't, and and, and right. this, is, this is why it irritates me because if I say that in the middle, in the beginning of an article and I know I'm playing to a certain crowd, that's going to paint him in a light that's just intellectually dishonest. The, the thing is he hasn't rejected them. He's, ta- he's actually taking them for what they are, mythology. 
He's yeah, taken you know, he, a lot of his stuff. I haven't watched all of his videos on his YouTube channel as of yet. I haven't watched any of them, actually. But he has a lot of the stuff in the 12 uh, Rules for Life or whatever it's called. There's a lot of uh, Bible verses and talk about the Bible in there. But it's not Sky Daddy's up there watching you jerk off every day. It's exactly. taking it for what it is. It's, like, it's almost like dissecting um, uh, some other myth. I can't think of one right off the top of my head. I can't believe it's, I it's, can't think of a myth. But it's taken, watched, it's taken the wisdom. It's taken collected human wisdom that's been put in story form and bringing it into contemporary times and applying it where it needs to be applied. That is the proper use of religion. He's doing it. Well, here's, here's, but here's my issue with the people fucking with him. He also does that with Greek mythology. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but no one fucking, no one says, oh, he believes in Zeus. <laughs> He's a Zeusian. <laughs> You know, I mean, isn't it all a collection yeah. of stories that mean don't be a shithead? It's it's whether it's, it's religion or mythology. It's it's you know one of the one of the well, fundamental principles in that book, and I've only read the first chunk of it. But one of the fun, fundamental principles that I've seen in that book is that people cannot live without structure. People can't live without rules. And I can attest to that in my own life. We can get into that at some point if you want to. But individuals and a society cannot live without structure, and they cannot live without a belief system. They can't live without something to keep their eyes on to keep them from just going off the rails and driving into the ditch. I, I thoroughly believe that. I, I totally agree with that. And Chris, to answer your question, that's what the Bible is. It's put into story form to keep you, give you a sense of morality, give you a sense of right and wrong. It's not God. It's not Moses. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's not a threat of hell. It's, it's just a basic idea. Here's how, this is what we've all agreed upon as a society that makes us a good person. This is how we've agreed to behave. This is how society's going to stick together and stay together. That's what religion is. It's all it is. And people want to take it literally because they need to, they need to get the get out of death free card. They want to believe it literally afterwards. Fine, whatever. Ang- mortality, anxiety is a real thing. I get that. Some people need that. It's fine. But that's all it is. That's all it's ever been. Yeah, it's a self-policing system. Really, it's, it's to get us to behave. Yeah, and we need it. We honestly need it. If you don't think so, I invite you. I'll buy the tickets, motherfuckers. If you guys want to go to Afghanistan and go check out the warlords who are living in anarchy, fine. Let's go compare. People need rules. They need them. And if you don't have that structure in your life and you don't have any kind of, any kind of thing to keep you between the guardrails on life's little highway, you will drive into the ditch and hit a tree. This is why I've, like. I've, I've said for a long time, I feel that religion had a place at the forefront of society, and it served a very large and needed purpose at one point. But we are far removed from when it thunders, we think God's angry with us. We're from, yeah. I would hope we are far thing. removed from from... The eclipse is coming, so we have to fucking you know disembowel people at the top of our temple to please our well, gods. No, not at its core, because all those uh, that's religion used to uh, calm our fears, right? Uh, and we're not afraid of the thunder anymore in that respect, because we can at least explain it now. But that you doesn't bitches. mean we've. But that yeah. doesn't mean we're any less fearful. We've just have you guys ever afraid slept? of. Slept in a bivy sack out in the middle of like Colorado in a thunderstorm. I'm scared to death of thunder. I don't want to oh, get right. struck. Well, <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm trying but to be funny. I mean, that, we're, we're less fearful because at least we can we know that it's, it's right. something that can be explained. Yeah, I used to I used to make the comparison. I may I make this periodically when we need a little humility 
as a species to remember that uh, we're essentially, in comparison to 500 years from now, we're still cavemen sitting in a cave thinking that the gods are angry and throwing lightning bolts at us. In a lot of ways, we're still there. Well, you know, I think, you know, I, I see, I definitely see your point. I, I agree that religion has served a very important purpose in our history. Um, I, I feel like it's something that we're, we're collectively evolving beyond. Slowly. But, but yeah. there has to be something to supplant that because That's exactly what, re- right. what, what yeah. religion is, is, uh, is a way for us to communicate. We're not, we're not born good and with morals, right? We only learn that yes, behavior through correct. communication. We only learn that through examples of what is good and moral behavior, what is expected from society. And religion was a way yeah. to communicate those ideas mm-hmm. in a way where, uh, you know, communication wasn't quite so easy. And here's the thing. And so if everyone's reading from the same book, we're all getting the same ideas. This should terrify you. This, I'm, you're right. There has to be something to supplant it, right? And in the old Soviet Union, what was the first thing they got rid of? Religion. Uh, right. Well, the government. What did they re- now. What did they replace it with? The state. Ideology. That's what's happening. I say, Especially that, that sounds real fucking left. familiar. That's exactly what's happening on the far left. They're, they're secular. Nobody on the far left. Very few on the far left are religious, but they have a religion. They have the blasphemy. They have it all, man. They'd cut your tongue out if it was legal. We've, I've made that analogy before. So, Rich, if I, I'm not challenging you. I understand. You and I are, are on the same page on a lot of this stuff. But if you want to get rid of religion, and I know on some level you do, and I think you, you, you want to believe that we've evolved past it, you have to take that into account. There has to be something there to replace it. And if you yank that tumor out right now, ideology is going to fill that hole. I no, I absolutely agree with that, and that's why I see this is this is the problem. It's the same way when I talk about other subjects that that people hold close to their heart or whatever, and they go, "Oh, you hate like like you know." Just for an example, to throw out there, I don't care what hormones and, and treatment and transitions you go through; you're still biologically the sex you were born as. Period. End of story. We until yeah. we can change strands of DNA through CRISPR or whatever other fucking inventions that we come up with, you're still biologically the sex you were born as. I have, and people go, oh, you, you hate transsexuals. No, I don't. I never said anyone's rights should be taken away. I don't want religion banned, but I don't want religion, whether it be Islam, Christianity, Judaism, to be the bar setter for the standards that I'm supposed to live by. You want to worship that shit in your house? That's fine. Hey, you know what I like doing? I like coming on women's faces. But I'm not going to let that dictate the laws and and how I'm going to vote. Keep it to your fucking self. One of the best best things I ever heard was religion's like your dick. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you have one. Don't wave it in my face and keep it to yourself until last. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's all I completely agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. I'd like to know the Bible verse, though, that tells you not to come on women's faces. Seriously, I want to read that. Is a that man who spills his seed. Your seed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the donkey emissions. Which is funny because that's what I'm telling her I'm doing as I'm doing it. Like, oh, I'm spilling this seed all over you. <laughs> well, let's, right. let's put it in the exorcist but, and fuck. Right, <laughs> and, you know, the left has its I, I, own code that it, that it applies and ostracizes those that don't, don't fit it. And it was evident even in like r- ridiculous things like the reaction to the uh, uh, DJ Khalid interview. Where he's right. talking about he doesn't eat his uh, wife's pussy, right? And from 
the group of people who are normally all about like whatever you're sexually attracted to, whatever you do in the privacy of your own home, that's your business to this is toxic masculinity. This yeah. is, you know, this guy's an asshole. He should be, the, the measure of a good lover is somebody who knows <laughs> the pleasures of giving oral sex and making all these judgments on this guy's sex life. Right. With his well, wife. Yeah, I mean, I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit. I don't want to quite come off of this just yet, though, because there are a lot of other examples that you could use where, particularly on the left, the left has become, I may have said this last week, I may have said it on this show, but I definitely said it to someone else, that the left is becoming Castro to Trump's Batista. And there are so, yeah, there are so many examples of uh, punishment for blasphemy, ideological, doctrinal, scriptural blasphemy coming from the left now it is becoming a religion and i i i just i i really want to caution people when they condemn religion i have done this man i came from this camp i i don't believe in god and sky daddy and all that other stuff and i railed against it thinking it's stupid and thinking that people are evolved past it and all this other stuff i was wrong it's not something that I want thrown in my face. I still don't believe it. My girlfriend's parents are fundamentalist Christians. We don't talk religion. We've gotten to the point where they understand that. But I don't want to take that away from them. Because even if I could, I don't want that hole there to be filled by something far worse. And ideological religion replacing traditional religion is much worse. We've seen it in the Soviet Union. We've seen it in Germany. We've seen it God knows where else. And once you have that, then you're starting to talk about hell on earth, where 60 million people die. That's the problem. Let them have it. As long as they're not waving it in your face, let them have it, because something worse is out there waiting to fill it. Yeah, and, and we've, we've, we've also, in the process of replacing religion with ideology, we've kind of... I, I know it's human nature to root for the underdog, but we've kind of turned a blind eye to the horrors that that religions but that besides Christianity commit because, well, they're sure. the underdog. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked a friend who, I mean, she hates Christianity with a passion. And I'm like, do you believe in any of it? No. So why do you hate it so much? It's like hating Santa Claus. Yeah. I mean, and she's like, because it oppresses people and it oppresses gay people and it takes rights people's rights away. And I said, so is Islam. Why don't you, why don't you hate Islam as much as, as, as Christianity? Mm-hmm. Well, Islam's right. not the, the, well, the major, the main religion. That's not a reason yeah, to more, decide who to root. There's for. more Muslims. There's more Muslims in the world by far than Christians. Not, hey, go not have in a her neighborhood. Ch- not in her neighborhood. Go, go have a <laughs> vagina in a Muslim country. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. Yeah, try to take that burqa off. Well, you know, the thing with me and and Jordan Peterson's use of uh, Bible verse, it's not that, you know, I I understand that he's coming at this more from a secular viewpoint and just going, look, this is is just, there's truth in here, right? But the, and I'm not saying that this is how it affects me, but I wonder how effective his message is when wrapped in Bible verse, because there's so much baggage that goes along with it. It's like trying to say that, hey, there's some good points in Mein Kampf. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Now, he's pretty good about, I, I think, uh, expressing that, at least from where I've read it. I mean, I have a background reading Joseph Campbell. I, just, I really get a kick out of mythology. And I think that most people who are reading who are going to bother with him 
I don't think the people that are going to take it that way take it literally and think he's a religious uh, fundamentalist or a, a, a religious nut job. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be reading him anyway. I think you've got to have a certain understanding of his viewpoint and where he's coming from and the method he's using in order to even buy and read that book in the first place. I think. No, that, that yeah. only makes sense. I'm just wondering how you know if how much he can grow his audience to and <laughs> and and sway people to his way of thinking. But that's kind of a naive just saying that people can be swayed no, when I mean, they're that that indoctrinated into their own liberal religion. Go, Aaron, go look at go just just to answer that. Go look at his book sales. He's doing yeah. okay. No, I am but sure. Aaron, there's some validity to your point because half of this podcast will shut down if you start talking religion. Rich, it's you and me. <laughs> what do you mean? Like you, you, right, did no. you start bringing you start bringing religion into something? I'm out. See ya. I, I See, it's just. I, I mean, it depends on if we're talking about it. Depend. I understand what, what, what you're what you're trying to say, Chris. I don't know if I'm that extreme about it. I just. I don't, I don't, like people go, oh, you're an atheist? No, no. I've said this a million fucking times. Stop looking at me the way and, and trying to fit me into your box because your mind is so simple. It only works a few, a few ways. I'm a hopeful agnostic. I hope there's something bigger out there. Do I believe that any three books from the desert trilogy, the Torah, the Quran, or the Bible somehow got it right? No. There's what? T- over 2,000 religions that are acknowledged on this planet, and you're going to tell me that just by virtue of your parents shoved this book in your face at a young age, that, that you found the true one? That You know the odds of that? Well, the problem is, is that, that people are, are taking it literally. They're not seeing it as a collected work of collected human wisdom put into story storybook form. Bedtime well, The problem is, is really religious people just say really, uh, you know, uh, the ideologues and the extreme left or right, you let dogma dictate what you do. You don't have logic or reason. Right. It's just like, well, this is how it's supposed to be, and this is what's going to happen yeah. because I was told. And that's, that's always been my rub with, with religion and, and religious people. Where, where, things- where it crosses a line with me is when an example is I dated a girl whose family damn near cult-like religious, okay? And all they would say is, we're Christians, they would never say a denomination. We're Christians. Right. And they were the type who, and I saw this with my own eyes. I talked to these people, and I realized how fucked in the head these people were, and it scared the shit out of me, and it made me go, I can't, I can't deal with... Now, this is where I'll, I'll agree with Chris. This is where I said, I can't deal with this. I'm out. One of the church members' husband had been convicted and was serving a very long prison sentence for molesting three of his five children, including videotaping it and passing it around and distributing it. And the wife wouldn't divorce him because divorce is against God. Yeah. And I said, what are you going to do when he gets out of prison? What are you going to do when your children... Okay, your daughter was 13 when he was locked up. What are you going to do when, when your daughter comes home with a child and he gets out? You're going to let that fucking scumbag around your fucking grandchild? Because you have you were told... That divorce is against God? Oh, so divorce is a worse sin than fucking a child? Fucking your own child? Making your children fuck and videotaping it and passing it around to other fucking scumbags? Divorce is worse than that? Is it incest in the Bible? I'm sorry, say again? Incest is in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, we all suppose it came from the same two people. So some brothers and sisters had to fuck somewhere if you believe that story. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, but uh, I just, it blew my mind. And then in the next breath, she would say, no sin is greater than any other sin. All sin, heart, all sin makes God weep for us. And Jesus came here to absolve everybody of all sin. And I'm like, so if I steal toilet paper from work, you're telling me in, God, in your God's eyes, that's the same as me fucking my child. It's supposed to be cardinal sins and venial sins. But well, then again, I guess Catholic. that's Catholic too. Yeah, yeah. Catholics, Catholics threw in that whole purgatory thing. Kind of. I, one thing I gotta give the Catholic Church, y'all motherfuckers. In if you didn't invent the loophole, you perfected it. <laughs> Seriously, you're like the, the, you know, only the only the mafia could have come from Catholicism. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you know, I, you can tie that into what you were just talking about. That sort of batshit just blind fundamentalism and you can take that and you can apply it directly right back to ideology you can take the furthest left-leaning nut job and they will do the same thing they oh, will definitely. apply the doctrine and they will preach it and they will just completely ignore all common sense reason and logic in the meantime i will give you I, a, telling i'll you. give you a recent example 2016 hillary clinton i am the woman's candidate well you protected a rapist Right. Not not even protect. You actually put a hit squad out on any woman who came forward and accused your husband of rape. And this right. is this is the fucking this is the Kool-Aid drinkers on the left. Anytime I'd say that, they'd go, Bill Clinton isn't running for president. As if somehow that oh, well fuck me silly with a boomerang. That just absolves well, that changes everything. everything. It? He's that applying changes the to past. Move, he is applying to move back into the White House, however. <laughs> he may not be running. He's gonna live there. Is it wrong that I kind of wanted, I didn't want Hillary necessarily, but I kind of wanted like Bill Clinton to be the first husband. I, that would be an awesome <laughs> sitcom. Him running around like, yes. hey, yeah. hey that, Hillary, don't you have to yeah. go out of state and that's just comedy. trail a hose coming in? <laughs> yeah, that's a Comedy Central show right there. That was, I, mean, I have to believe that was in the works <laughs> prior to the election. <laughs> well, remember, remember the show That's My Bush? Oh, yeah, it was great. I it lasted for like... Four episodes, nine eleven happened, and they said we can't have this anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is horrible. Yep. We can't make fun of the president in this time of mourning for the country. Fuck that! Yeah. When he took ecstasy and was fucking doing the glow sticks and shit in that one, and I think it was the last <laughs> episode they ever aired, I was about pissing myself, man. That was fucking yeah. hilarious. Well, but to put no, a bow I, on, but, just to put a bow on this IDW thing that we were talking about before, if if you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really actively working to try to be a little more productive with this stuff, with the stuff I'm coming up with, with the ideas and the insights and the thoughts and stuff on all this. And I, I mentioned, I think, last week or whenever it was, not last week, but it was whenever I, I mentioned I saw this sort of burgeoning sort of movement. I was like, well, what the fuck is this can't, this tumor in my head? I think you guys call it hope. That's what I'm seeing. Because there may be uh, enough people out there who are just getting entirely sick and tired of this. And are looking desperately, eagerly, starving, parched for actual conversation, real conversation, real dialogue, discourse from people who are not firmly encamped inside of that liberal cathedral. And I think that I think it's out there. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's a coincidence that I spent a couple of days on Twitter. I found Quillette, followed some breadcrumb trails and found a whole bunch of fucking people enough where I thought that I would come on this show and mention it and use the, the H word <laughs> in, in that context. Todd, I, 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 I'm with you because 
I'm starting to see something that I've been waiting for, which is not the attitude of, oh my God, would everybody just, would you two extremes shut up? You're annoying. It's gotten to the point where people are now going, no, fuck that. Yep. All right. Daddy's home. Yep. Go to your fucking rooms, get your shit in order. And when I calm down, I'm going to come in there and decide whether I'm going to take the belt off or I'm going to fucking bore you for an hour. But daddy's home. Enough of this bullshit. It's people right. wanting to move forward and work together. That is really what the intellectual dark web is, folks. And it's and once again, Todd, like you pointed out, just like we all four fall at different spots on the political spectrum, these people are from all over the political spectrum as well. Did I mischaracterize you guys at all when I no, was pointing that I, out? I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, I, the, the only thing I bristle about libertarianism is that, I, I'm sorry, I don't watch Mad Max and go, oh, look, a world without regulations and the free market runs it. <laughs> <laughs> and to you, Todd, the conservatives won't have me because I'm, I'm uh, pro-choice and I hate religion. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but I, I, I think it's really interesting. We don't really go at each other's throats ideologically. We all do fall on different fundamental places on that that grid i'm still leading to the left a little bit you wouldn't know it listening to me you sure as fuck wouldn't know and that's another thing that i've noticed about this uh these idw uh writers is that almost all of their ire is for the left i've done that independent of these guys before i even knew they existed i have i've been having the same tendencies in my own stuff and i think it's because at least we've talked about this before from my from my aspect is because i expect more out of liberals i expect more from the resistance to Donald fucking Trump than this. Yeah. And I'm pissed there's, off that I'm not getting it. There's that. And there's also the fact that these were a lot of, a lot of the people who, if you go to that web page that you sent the link to, you know, they have the little, you can click on the links and it, and it, it introduces them and gives them a short bio. A lot of those right. people were firmly entrenched in the left, in academia, in, in thought, yeah. and they were expelled from the left. By the right. fucking the, the the Kool-Aid drinking zealots. And mm-hmm. and now they hang out with Ben Shapiro. But yeah. here but I mean I and and I I I really don't know how to feel about him. He makes good points and sometimes I'm like, dude, just shut up. Just go sit down. But that's 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 another subject we'll save for. But that's day. perfect. That's that's fucking perfect. That is perfect. You don't who do you agree with every on everything with anyway? I don't even agree with myself on everything. You should see the guilt I go through after I jerk off to some of the porn I look at. Yeah, I don't want to hear. Uh, Anyway, I don't feel good. Gang bang girl 34 is in my fucking search history, you know, but if if you're finding people that you agree with everything on, you're reading from a fucking Bible of some sort or you're looking in the fucking mirror. That's the only way you should be agreeing with everyone on everything. If you are. And you're surrounding yourself with people that you agree with everything on. There's something fucking wrong with you. See, I. I, I think we're we're far past the point for, for a lot of time on this podcast. At least me myself. I can't speak for Chris and Aaron or Jay. Really, I mean, because he was on here when I started going through this. I was obsessed with the why. Why are we like this? Why are we like this? It's to the point where the why doesn't matter anymore. It's I, we we are now looking at two generations who have grown up who don't respect things like free speech. Don't respect individual rights. They 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 they, they want to play the identity politics game. That's the only game they know, and for whatever reason, that's just what they are. And it's and and here's a little here's a little pearl of wisdom I picked up in the rooms back in the day. But you know the Serenity Prayer. I can't I can't change them. 
It doesn't matter why they are the way they are. It's time to fucking work towards solutions. Right. Yeah. And but, and if they're and if they're going to be a problem and present themselves as a problem, then we'll deal with them then. Because if the massive amount of people who have no faith in the far left and the far right would get together and work together and and do that horrible C word that not centrist, compromise. Compromise. Yeah. We would actually get farther. We don't here's the here's here's the bitch of this. Just like Fight Club. When they when they when they went to the fucking the the the, the bougie ass party and they got they caught the guy in the bathroom and said we're the ones who wash your clothes. We're the ones who feed you. We're the ones who guard you in your sleep. Mm-hmm. We don't, you don't, we, you need us. We don't need you. We don't need these fucking wackos on the far ends. We yeah. can move forward. We just have to fucking start ignoring them like the, like the fucking emotional children they are throwing temper tantrums. Well, and I hate to the, say it, but this podcast no. gives them way too much of a fucking platform sometimes because we are obsessed with them. No, I don't. I don't think we are, and I, I I will disagree with you on one key aspect of that. I think it does matter why. I think it matters a great deal why, because I think that there. I'm a, I'm a perfect example of this. If you would have met me, or if we had been in contact a year ago, say February, I was firmly entrenched in the re, in the resistance camp. If you can believe that, I'm sure you probably can. After some of the conversations we had in 2014, I I was just abhorred by the fact that we elected Trump. And I was willing to go to the marches. I, I photographed most of them went down there, mostly for the photography, but I was, I was glad to be there. I was glad to see people standing up to him. I was redeemable. And it, part of the reason that I was and the part of the reason that I was able to sort of extract myself from that camp was somebody pointed something out to me, very, very simple, uh, and had to do with the Rachel Maddow show. Maddow, I have to pronounce her name right. The Rachel Maddow show uh, back uh, a year ago in March. Uh, won't go into the whole thing, but it got me to look at the bullshit, one piece of bullshit that she put out on her show one night, and I, it was just like a light bulb went off. I'm pretty well-versed in propaganda. I'm pretty well-versed in a lot of the psychological tactics. I'm you know, pretty well-read guy. I could draw on the education that I gave myself once upon a time, and it suddenly dawned on me, a lightning bolt went off. Maybe Thor was throwing a fucking lightning bolt at me, however you want to look at it, but it went off that I had been hijacked. That I had, I, I had hijacked myself slowly over the course of time and gotten away from what I really believe and what my, my, what my roots were. So if that works for me and it worked on me to this degree, it will work on a lot of other people. They're not irredeemable. Most, a lot of them are. I'm not kidding myself here. A lot of them are. There are a lot of David Koresh's out there. They're willing to burn up the compound. But a lot of them aren't. I think a lot of them are redeemable. They just need to understand what's happening to them. And then if you can get those folks... You can bring them over to the middle, and you can get into the compromise camp. Then you've got a movement. I think yeah, th- that's a oh, lot sorry, easier sorry. said than done. I think that'll work with people our age. I'm not too sure about the younger people. They, well, they've the just been brought. They've been brought up in these extreme environments. It doesn't matter. The, be- the beauty of younger matter. people is they have to get older at some point, and they will. You know, the and '60s the, turned into the '80s, man. Exactly. <laughs> the hippies became the hippies became yuppies. Hey, just remember the, the epic line from SLC Punk. Son, I didn't sell out. I bought in. Right. And, there, that ex- right. and it does, look, I, I don't want to exile entire groups of people from moving forward in progress. But you yourself, the Dennis Doctrine, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't drown with you, dude. I, I, I totally believe it. in that. 
I totally still believe in that. I, I'm not, not preaching against that. But you've got to hold your hand out first for the Dennis Doctrine to take, <laughs> to take effect. You see no, what I'm saying? Absolutely. You guys, are bo- you guys are both right, Chris. I totally agree with you. A lot of people, you can't, you, you're not going to be, you're not fucking Jesus. You're not the ideological Jesus here. You're not coming to save anybody. You can't save anybody that doesn't want to save themselves. But you can point things out. Give them the tools to do the work themselves. And, Rich, like you said, if they don't want to do the work, if they don't want to take your hand, they don't want to see it, they don't want to use their own legs, their own intellect, they don't want to de-zombify themselves, then fuck them. There's certain words I look for when I'm having conversations with people that right. tell me that I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing the equivalent of uh, pulling teeth in the middle of a conversation. And that is never, as in, I will never change my mind, no matter what, when I, hear, when I hear something along those lines or those exact words, I realize at this point in time, talking to this person is beating my head against a brick wall. All Absolutely. I'm going to do is piss myself off. Yeah. All I can do is go, well, I guess we see things differently. Have a nice one. Right. Yeah. That's, that's all my, you can do. That's the core yeah. of my beef with religion, too, is I can't have a conversation with somebody who thinks they have the ultimate truth. Right. I, I work. I, Monique's been on this show, so I, I'm, I'm comfortable naming her. I work with Monique. And every once in a while, when we're really slow, we'll start into these these political, f- philosophical conversations. And I'll bring up points. And, you know, you guys, remember, she's 18. And she'll, she'll stop. And you can almost, like, see. Like, if you could see into her head, you could see everything working. And she goes, I never thought of it that way. And I, and I tell her, I'm like, I'm not expecting you to see the world as I see it. I'm not expecting you to agree with me 100%. I do expect you to think. I do expect yeah. you to question things, to turn it over and see things from more than just head on. If I just look at the front of a book and I never look at the back of it, I can't tell you what that book looks like. And the people, it's the people who won't turn the fucking book over that mm-hmm. I go, I, there's nothing I can do for you, man. There's nothing yeah, I can do for you. Open the fucking book. Jesus. Yeah, and that, that dogmatic thinking, I mean, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I'll repeat it. The John Stuart Mill stuff from On Liberty, that it, you can listen to people. If you're actually listening and considering what someone's saying, instead of waiting to talk and waiting to interject or intellectually rape somebody and disseminate your doctrine into them, if you're, if you're doing more than that and you're actually engaging in verbal intercourse with somebody, don't laugh, uh, then you can actually learn something. You may, you may actually come across something, learn a nugget of something that you can take and say, yeah, you know, I actually agree with that. I may not agree with everything you said, but how can I take that? Okay, I'll take that point. How do I integrate that into the, into the tapestry of the mural that I'm painting over here? You've just added something to it. Instead of just rejecting everything out of hand, and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're if you're if you, if the truth is actually your point and actually your destination or getting as close to it as you can. You're doing yourself a huge disservice by not listening to other people, people exactly. you disagree with. How can you refute a point that you didn't even listen to? Right. And how can you? But how can you also? How do you give yourself an opportunity to learn something you never thought of if you're not listening to another person who may have that information for you? Yeah. It's a completely. I mean, it's it's a, it's almost a selfish act to have that conversation with someone. Well, the, the 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 latest conversation Monique and I had was about because it's been a hot subject, obviously, because we've dropped this term five six times in the show alone is toxic masculinity. And I asked her to describe it. And she described a whole set of behaviors. And outside of, 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 of a few, rape, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, things like that. Things that are just illegal. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're, what you're describing is toxic behavior that could come from anybody. 
Right. Even the gender, t- even the, the Tumblr 56, 78, whatever it is, genders. It's just toxic behavior. You're assigning it masculinity because you've been taught that that's the enemy there. Right. And here's the deal. If, if masculinity is so toxic, why do so many hardcore feminists strive to emulate it? If it's so toxic, why, isn't, why, why aren't feminists wanting everybody to walk around like fucking June Cleaver? Right. And just be just be wonderful and cook and bake and everybody's happy and everything's peaceful and mom doesn't care if dad drinks and, and my son's gay. I just want to have a nice dinner once a day. And we, yeah. and, and, and we tell each other about our day and we act like everything's okay. Yeah, and I just, if you really want to get down to it, that's toxic. That's toxic itself. That's ignoring problems. Yeah. And she went, I've never, once again, I've never thought about it that way. And I said, and, and, and I'm going to add a cherry on top. For you, if I come at you and say, and I did, I I I did this like a year ago. I said, You're, "That's your female privilege talking." She literally jumped up out of her seat and was like, "There's no such thing." I said, "Do you remember that?" And she goes, "Uh huh." I said, "Now think about that. How much did you bristle at me using that term?" She goes, "A lot." I said, "Right. It's a divisive term. It's a term that is there simply to antagonize you, yep. to set you at odds from me." That's what male privilege, white privilege, all these terms. Yes, they are rooted in truth, but they're misnomers and they're divisive terms that have been carefully selected by people to keep us at each other's throats. And we're never going to fucking get anywhere like that. And, I, and, she, and she, she didn't say anything to that. And then we picked up business. We had to stop talking. But no. That's yeah, so ridiculous. I, I didn't change her mind idea. right there on the spot. Her, her feminist beliefs faded away. No, it's not a they movie. Said, it's not Mr. A movie. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> no, but the one one thing that she, the one thing that she may have taken away from that is the ridiculousness of this whole notion of unity via division. Because out of the other side of their mouth, typically, these folks are talking about coming together and how we have to unify and diversity is going to bring us together as a nation and all this other. How do you do that by dividing? Everybody up into, into different camps. I mean, you can't have. I've been. You, you can't sit there and think about that. You can't actually have a, a, an intellectually authentic conversation with yourself, an internal narrative on that topic, without coming to that conclusion and that question. And I don't know of anybody on that side of the aisle or spectrum, anyway, in that camp, in that cathedral over there, <laughs> the the Kale Cathedral, that is really trying to explain to themselves or anybody else how you get unity via division. Yeah, Todd, I've been screaming that for years. Tell me how further separating us is going to bring us together. Well, it's the same. No, no one ever gives me an answer. It's no, the can't. group of people who go, I don't want to call it mankind, it's people kind. But yet, they want to divide everybody up by race, religion, sex, yep. gender, how you present your, your gender or your sex, mm-hmm. uh, uh, any number of things. And you're going, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You can't have it both ways. You can't try to say in one breath, I want to call us people kind, not mankind, because it'll unite us. Because if that was their, their only point, I would, ac- I would acquiesce to the petty fucking bullshit of, okay, it's people power. It's not manpower. It's people power. Okay, whatever. But that's not it. Because then the next breath, they're going to talk about, and you as a cis white male, right. and it's like, and you do you see what you just did? You, as- just, you, you did the equivalent of, I'm not racist. I love all specs. That's the equivalent of what you just did. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to take the word man out of human. That's going to be next. 
well, this is nothing new, but there there are some very hardcore <laughs> online groups that won't even spell women. W O M A N. It's W Y, or what? W O M Y N. Woman. Oh yeah. Woman. I, I might be and engaged like, to somebody like that. Uh, Just putting that I thought out. that was like a like a half hawk, half woman, or some kind of mythical creature. <laughs> Liger. <laughs> well, there is some sort of mythical creature, all right. I don't think the hawk would appreciate being lumped in there with those things. But, but I, I ultimately, ultimately, Todd, I, 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 having once again, our online adventures seem to fucking match up, even though, it, like, they, 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 like, there's some sort of synchronicity there, even though we, we really don't know it until we get on the show and start talking about it. When you was when a few weeks ago, maybe even longer than that, when you when you said you had to rethink Twitter. I haven't dipped my toe into that dark side yet. They haven't offered me the cookies. That's when I go. But I started looking for, I'm like, where's Todd seeing all this hope? Because this motherfucker's more pessimistic than I am. And I went looking and I was like, you know, I, I do see a glimmer of it. I just, I'm, I'm, like the, I, I'm like the guy that's been burned in every relationship and you meet the girl and it's just like, I. <laughs> Have you heard knock, of Quillette? Who's at the door? Twi- Love. Twitter's not a dark side. It's. <laughs> Sorry, no, 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 but it's like, good. you know, you're sitting there and the door knocks. No, you know, who, who is it? Love. I'm not letting you in. You fucked me over 10 times. Come on. I wouldn't lie to you 11 times in a row, fuckhead. Let me in. Try it. And it's like, ugh. I know you, I I know you've heard of it now because I've, I've, I've been posting and sharing this stuff a lot in the last month or two, but Quillette, had you heard of it before? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't do the deep dive no. you went into in it, but it, it, it's a, a lot of the groups I'm in on Facebook, I see a lot of articles posted from them. So it's, it was like yeah. Big Think. I haven't gone through the Big Think webs. Yeah. You went through that motherfucker with a fine-tooth comb and started pulling out articles that I missed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, I, not, but I'm getting, I didn't do a deep as dive as you did. I didn't go to their website until today. That All of that stuff that I was getting was from Twitter. So oh, okay. I was, yeah, I was completely wrong about it, – it's, it's all – again, I, I have to go back to our conversation in November. It's how you use it. You know, you don't, I don't make a lot of comments. I don't, uh, have a lot of people following me. I don't, I don't solicit that. I go to read. I go to find yeah. people who have things to say that I want to hear. Twitter is, Twitter is a public pool. Like you have to know that somebody has peed in it and you just yeah. don't open your mouth yeah. when you go underwater. Yeah. Unless you're into that type of thing. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you, it's a lot less incestuous, a lot less incestuous than Facebook. Yeah. You I'm get starting access. to prefer it. Yeah, I, I, I far prefer it. I only have Facebook because I want to be able to have, I hate the fucking, the, the, the character limit on here. And I like to have private conversations that aren't going to be infiltrated by people I don't know. That's what Facebook's good for. Uh, so you, but you just hit but, the number. But people f- can still follow us on Facebook, right? Yeah. He says, yeah. segueing into an outro. And, and, and Twitter. <laughs> and on Twitter at a regimented pod, yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, and, just, to, and just Instagram, to, even though we've never used it once. <laughs> wait, you guys have an Instagram? It's, yeah, I, it's, I it's, for this show, it's eh. yes, yeah. You, I, you want to run it? Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I want your Twitter account actually, but it's just gonna, let, let me, in a week it'll be nothing but Todd's dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all sent to to, to Anna Kendrick. <laughs> take, take the unrecommended Twitter. Like that, I got pictures of. Never, never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna say anyway. Let, before we go off the deep end here. I, I will. I do want to say one thing that I think that this this podcast, when we're talking about the intellectual dark web and this sort of gurgling movement, we've been doing this for a long time, and I think that's exactly where we belong. If you want to categorize this, we're not we're an obscure, dusty little unpopulated outpost on the fringes of the internet compared to a lot of these people. But that is where we're. I think we're characterized, 
as far as what we're doing, both on this show and when I resurrect mine. That's exactly I, I was so relieved to find other people. I'll take and it. A lot of we're a dark web podcast. Yeah, yeah. I a think dark, we are. A dark cast. Yeah, we're not afraid to talk about this shit. And we've talked, talked a lot about a lot of things that if you were to go on somebody else's show, a left or right leaning show, that there's no way in hell that it would fly. And I take, I take a great, I, I want to congratulate you guys for that. You were doing this before I was here. Sure. That's why, actually, that the reason I'm here <laughs> is because you were. I started listening to you guys again last fall, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Well, so I think anyway. uh, that, that was the idea. Yeah, well, even a, even a blind nut finds or a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I we, we can have conversations about this because I, I and we're not going to do it on the show, but uh, I'll I'll give it a little tease publicly. But this show, if you uh, you want to take it pro, we could we can talk about that at some other point. But it's I think there's a market. I think there is a starving market for it, and I think we're at the very beginning. It's it's almost like getting in on like a like a dot com kind of thing. That I think that I, I'm holding out hope, and I, I'm very optimistic. I think there are enough people out there. I think that it's going to continue to move this direction, and I hope to God I'm right, and I hope to God that these fringe elements are put back in the little box in the zoo where they belong, and we can ha- start having real conversations again. Yeah. And you're, I, I think we're on, and moving in the right direction, at least on this little tiny example. I think we're moving, helping move things in that direction. I think so. I commend you guys you did a yeah you you've done very very well with this podcast uh in the last few years before i jump back on board here <laughs> so i don't know how you call me a that. cocksucker or a faggot or something i don't take compliments well <laughs> insult me insult me that way i can i can be like okay i can take the compliment why the fuck are you always interrupting me you fucking cunt there you go I'm better <laughs> yeah there you go. Well, the show on that note. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah, check us out every Saturday at ChristopherMedia.net. There's a whole bunch of other podcasts there, too, that you should check out. And, uh, yeah. Escaping, EscapingTheCave.com. There you go. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Rich. Plug your new... Rich, you got a new podcast coming. You want to plug it? Yeah. Virgin. It's uh, Nighttime Discussions with uh, Ryan Rich. It's uh, a... God, I don't want to say no holds barred, but it's a it's a no topic, no no, no taboo topic when it comes to sex, relationships, kink, whatever. Um, we're hoping that it's going to be a lot uh, more of an interactive podcast. Um, it's not going to be for everybody. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, How do you so mean? If you take inter- a listen and you go. That's a little too far into the kink world. Not I didn't want to know about that stuff. Yeah, how, how, I mean, but not, inter- not in a bad way. But how inter- interactive is it going to be, and and how? Right, uh, right a, now we're right, <laughs> created. Can a lot I of send you a picture my of my dick? I can't unsee. <laughs> <laughs> not that interactive yet. Um, Will I, you I was sending me a picture of your dick. My, my co-host was talking about he wanted to do like live uh, streaming a video sometimes. So if he brings in any. Uh, toys or anything and I'm like I mean that's cool but he was talking about doing it on Twitch and I'm like we would get thrown off Twitch in about five minutes dude the minute you brought in the big old dragon dildo you own <laughs> it'd be over with and I mean so it's it, it all depends but um, 
I don't, I'm not sure when it's going to drop. We have two episodes in the can. We're finishing them up. And it's probably going to, once we get into the groove, it's going to be a probably twice a month podcast. So. Cool. Well, yeah. All right. The network expanding. Guys, great show. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next week. See ya. Bye. See, Todd, I let you say goodbye without interrupting you. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.